0: Welcome to Across the Park podcast, a football podcast on both Everton and Liverpool Football Club, produced by six mates, the three Reds, Gary, Phil and Terry, and the three Blues, myself, Milsey, Judgy, and Craig. Each Monday, we release our latest show, where we will discuss the ongoing matters with both teams, whether it be good or bad, opposing views, opinions, banter and debate. We are proud to be a family-friendly football podcast, and you can find more about us on our website www.acrosstheparkpodcast.co.uk Don't forget to subscribe so you never miss a show on your preferred podcast listening app. And make sure you give us a follow on our social media. Twitter is across the park PC. Instagram is across the park PC. And Facebook is it across the park. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show.
1: Hello and welcome to Across the Park Extra got myself Terry here hosting today and I'm joined by my fellow Rev Phil for an episode that we've been really looking forward to. It's a second chance to sit down with local lad, massive red and lead singer of the farm, Peter Hooten. Peter, welcome back to the studio, it's great to have you back with us.
0: Great to be here, yeah. Thanks for inviting me again. Yeah, you're welcome. Didn't put too many people <laughs> off.
1: No, no, it went down really well the last yeah. episode and uh, we, were as I say, we are really keen to get you back in. Um, and, and, you know, Um, As we mentioned, it, it, it is a, sec- a second go in the studio for Peter because on the last interview that we done with him a couple of weeks ago um we were a little push for time so in that episode if you haven't listened to it already we did focus on piece of time you know growing up as a red following liverpool the rise of his career you know in music and, and with the farm and we got some some of his thoughts on the current liverpool team and it was a brilliant episode as i say you know we got some really really great feedback from him um, and people were you know were asking us when part two is coming so here we are sitting down to record it um, if you do want to listen to part one, it is still there available. So you can check us out on Across the Park Podcast on your favourite podcast listening platform, or you can go on our website, across the UK Um, you know, just just dig in there in the extra section and you'll find Peter Hoot in part one. It is a great listen, but it isn't a listen that, you know, y- y- you necessarily have to do to, to to enjoy this episode, I don't think. Um, but the two do go hand in hand and you will enjoy both. So do check it out if you haven't already. Um on this episode, you know, we're gonna sort of focus a little bit more about you know peter's other work and some of the the other things that he's been involved in outside you know outside of music and but still sort of touching on music and football and it is really around you know the rise of fan groups and fan culture and you know it was obviously something that was really big in the 80s and 90s but i feel like there's there's a definite resurgence in it now and, and we want to touch on that and get into it with peter because he is a well-known member of the of yankley and he's very well placed to discuss this this growing scene so without further ado we're going to get into it and Peter I think the first place that I, I, I really want to start is for listeners who didn't have a chance yet to listen to part 1 uh, where we did touch on a little bit. Do you want to talk a little bit about The End magazine and how that started and and what it was and how it it, it sort of got you into yeah. football terrace culture?
0: Um well it was a, it was um it's a it's a hard you know hard to describe how it started because it wasn't there was no business plan or anything like that it was I used to go into Probe Records quite a bit uh, in Liverpool City Centre, you know, not far from Matthew Street. Uh, Used to buy records, used to look at some of the fanzines, and there was always a fanzine called Mersey Sound, which was always about music, and it was a great fanzine. Yeah. uh, Reviewing groups and, you know, groups that were playing in various places around the city. But um, I didn't think it had the humour of of Liverpool, you know, so I thought, it was always in the back of my mind, you know. I'd like to do something like that, but I have observations, Liverpool observations, yeah. you know. So then I think it was, uh, it must have been the wedding of um, Charles and Diana. There was like an anarchist fanzine there, uh, and it was free. And yeah. you could just pick it up and take it away, <laughs> isn't there? and it was absolutely ruthless, <laughs> you know. <laughs> you can imagine it. Yeah, yeah. It just went for the juggler on the. Uh, on poverty in the UK and the royal family and all that. Yeah. And I was just laughing my head off and thinking, no one's going to read this apart from a few anarchists and a few punks and that, yeah. you know. Yeah. Wouldn't it be great if you could have this style of, uh, you know, really uh, vicious humour that John Lennon used to talk about Liverpool's humour was vicious. You had yeah. To be, uh, you had to be on your toes to survive, you know. I thought, wouldn't it be great to have that? But also incorporate a bit of uh, football as well, you mm. know. Yeah. So that was the idea of it, really. You know.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it. You. I remember when you you talked about it last time, and it was, as you said, there. It's it sort of getting, get sort of get right down to that scouts, you know, wit and that scouts humour that 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 we're famous for. But I mean, was it was it a a football? magazine or you know, was it like a, a, a you know what was the what was it the subject matter and, and well
0: like originally there was a lad called phil jones and uh he was a mate of mine i used to see him in c- concerts all the time and he was a, he was a let's let's call it a bit of a, a, a mod oh yeah <laughs> you know, okay. he was into music but he, yeah, yeah he did a fanzine called time for action mm. which was a title of a, a um, secret affair that a track called time for action they were okay. like a revival mod band so you've got the jam Mm. and then you've got a revival mod scene around Quadrifine, you know? Yeah. And a lot of football types got into the mod scene as well, you know? There's like a bit of a crossover yeah. between football scallies and, and, and mods and that, you know? And uh, anyway, he did this fanzine, and he was 17 when he was doing it, so, so. I thought, Phil's a genius. He's 17, he's doing a fanzine, you know? Yeah. Uh, so I approached Phil and said, like, would you fancy doing one? uh but incorporated a little bit of football, and he was a bit... I He was saying, I don't think lads in the match would ever read anything like that. You mm. know, you know, yeah. You know, people. You know, they're not going to read anything about music and football. I said, well, we all go to concerts and we all go to match. Yeah. You know, surely there are two things. So he said, okay, I'll give it a go. And and the first few editions were mainly music, I'd say. Yeah. Uh, and then we realised that the things that we were mentioning about uh, football matches and they were only subtle things like pubs, people drinking after the match mm. and that type of thing. People were really enjoying them, you know, and yeah. finding them funny. Yeah. Um, were you writing we were, it yourself? You d- yeah, we were writing it ourselves. It was probably about uh, th- four or five us writing it yeah. uh, at the time. Uh, but there were observations. It was observational humour, really. But there was loads of serious music in there. You yeah, know? Mm. yeah. So the first, but f- I went to see The Clash, believe it or not, in Paris. Yeah. Uh, and they were on for seven nights on the run. Uh, so I saw them six nights out of the seven. <laughs> I took a night off actually yeah. on the fifth night because I thought I want to enjoy six and seven. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Look forward to six and seven. But it, they were on with the beat and uh, and Wire Heat, Pete Wiley's band. But luckily for me, I went round to see where the uh, the, the venue was. It was a brilliant venue called the Mogador Theatre in Paris. Okay, it was right by our hotel. Just yeah. luckily it was by our hotel. So when a door stepped went in um the tour manager of the clash was a scouter who Obviously supported yeah. liverpool wow so we basically thought i was with wiley i think so we just oh, g- yeah. and uh, i got talking to him and, and he said have you got a ticket for tonight? Uh, no no He said oh, i'll give you the pass for the seven nights oh, <laughs> <boss>. <laughs> so i took loads of photographs backstage then everyone mm, thought yeah. it was with someone else you see. yeah and i got loads of clash photographs backstage so i thought um got all these photographs but we've got no magazine to put them (laughs) in so I think that was a that was an incentive as well you know yeah, Uh, yeah. the very fact that we had Joe Strummer and Mick Jones backstage and I didn't really interview them uh, but I sat in as a French magazine was interviewing them and jotted down what they were saying, you know. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I put that forward as an, an interview in, in <laughs> the end, number two.
1: Peter out an interview. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, no,
0: I just said the end. You see, the one thing about the end, we never...
1: We never use names. We never
0: use names. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it was a deliberate policy. All oh, right, okay. Uh, deliberate policy. We didn't want, you know, we want wanted to be anonymous. Say, if, if, you, if you write something and someone gets really upset, like... They're ringing the people up who wrote, wrote it, are yeah, 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 yeah. In uh, this case, they didn't know. They didn't know. It was anonymous. <laughs> but it wasn't because we were scared of that. We yeah. just wanted it to be a collective. Yeah. yeah. So that if someone writes something and it gets in, yeah. because as the editor, I was co-editor with Phil, we decided it should go in. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, what, it's our editorial. It's like yeah. the way Boris Johnson got in trouble with the... Um, Spectator. Spectator, yeah, even yeah. though he didn't write it. Because he signed it off as editor, yeah. he's... He's yeah. jointly yeah, yeah. responsible, Sponsible, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, it was early days. It was mainly music.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I mean, like, sort of, how long did it run? The ends and, and like, how many sort of editions did you do? And, and and what was the sort of readership like? You know, it was. Uh, at the
0: time? It ran all of the eighty. Well, uh, first editions probably late eighty one. So it was like run from eighty one, end of eighty one to eighty eight. Yeah, uh, there was twenty editions. Um. And we just decided. I think it was Hillsborough. Yeah. Really, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, you said last time. Yeah, yeah. we th- we thought, well, maybe we can do a campaign and a decision, because the end up being just taking the, the Mickey out of everyone, yeah. taking the piss out of everyone. Yeah, we it, didn't was think it was difficult to pull it, pull it back. It was, it was difficult, yeah. you know. So, yeah. um, you know, it was it, the readership. I'd say we we identified people who went the match, but. A, a particular person who went to the match you know people who went to the away matches that's who we identified so we had sellers at goodison yeah sellers at anfield but we also had sellers if everton were playing away someone would take 50 on the the special yeah or the the ordinary yeah same with liverpool you know so that's who we were identifying with and there was never ever you know uh, in those days it was really if you've ever read Two Tribes or even There She Goes recently by Simon Hughes, yeah. it was the city against that year really. Yeah. You know. So there wasn't that animosity between the fan base. It's hard to imagine now, but No, no. If if say we say we didn't have a game or whatever and we went to sell her at a Goodison, yeah. We could go in the um, into their pubs. Yeah. Me and Mick Potter, who we were pretty well known Liverpool fans. Yeah. And we'd have an Evertonian with us as well. did John <laughs> yeah. Potter was the cartoonist. He was, he was Mick's brother, uh, and there was other couple of Evertonians wrote for it. Mm. Yeah. And it was mainly Liverpoolians wrote for it, but we'd have no one would ever have any problems with us. No yeah. one would ever uh, have a pop at us. We've discussed
2: in the past, haven't we, and, uh, and why the uh, divides happened since then. Yeah. But obviously, both clubs were successful in the eighties. Yeah, it yeah. It's, it's complicated. complicated. Yeah. It's complicated. It's
0: not. There's no. Um, there's no easy answer to that, yeah. but the reality in those days is that sometimes Liverpool fans went to away matches with Everton.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Was when people were, it's it's hard to imagine now in the Premier ball, League. It? But you know, say Liverpool, say Everton were playing at Man United, yeah. you might get 20, 30 Liverpool fans going with them. Yeah, you know because yeah. the. Because of uh, trouble, really, yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, that's what it was. All the excitement of it, I don't yeah. know, you know, yeah, but
1: I mean, it, it's interesting that you say that because we, when we went to Madrid there in the summer, you know, my brother in laws they came with a big group, and that I went with my R fella and, and some of the other lads and stuff. But um, when I met up with them, they were saying like one of their lads, that our fella was there, and he's a big blue, yeah, but yeah, he came yeah, to Madrid, yeah. you know, like with, with well, all the lads, basically, it just sort of, it happens, yeah. you
0: know, and even in those days, it happened. I mean, when we went to Paris in '81. There's about ten of us went and three were Evertonians. Yeah. They just went for a laugh. Yeah. And and to see the Pigel. Yeah. You know, yeah, and yeah, yeah. the Moulin Rouge. And yeah, that. yeah. In fact, one of them came in uh, to the ground because he said it was a ring of steel around the ground. And he wasn't even a uh, you know, a, a big mad scally or not. Yeah. He was more into politics and that, but he said, I'll try and get in with you. Yeah and he just double clicked behind me. He didn't even want to get into the game, <laughs> but he just yeah. seeing how she hard could. it was. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know.
1: Yeah. yeah. No, but I mean, but it, it's something that we, as you say there, Phil, we've talked about it and you, can, like, you, you couldn't imagine it happening now. And I think one of the main reasons that it sort of happened, we had a local author, Jeff Goulden on, you know, yeah, yeah, he's he yeah. wrote a book um, and we discussed this with yeah, him, didn't yeah. he? And he thinks like, s- you know, segregation and, and stuff yeah. like that was the thing that really nipped all that yeah, in the bud yeah. and started to build that Definitely. divide in a big way.
0: Definitely because Liverpool play Goodison and it'd be like be Liverpool fans all around the ground. Yeah. It might be the odd incident, but no. Yeah. not on my you know like Everton would be you know th- th- you know, quarter of the cop in that corner by the yeah. main stand would be Everton you know mm. I mean I'm, when I'm saying it was there was no trouble there was murder sometimes <laughs> yeah. <that>, you know <laughs> but the crowd it, wasn't, itself, it wasn't it wasn't the a fi- it wasn't the real hooligans fighting each yeah. other you know what I mean yeah, yeah, it was yeah. it was fisty cuffs you know uh, Yeah, yeah. Uh, but you know it was like uh, it, it was different days yeah, yeah. it was different days <laughs>
1: Well, I mean, like moving a, a sort of away from the end, and obviously, you, you, it, by the sounds that you've always had a hand in in that sort of football, in well, foot should I say, in, yeah. in that football fan culture sort of scene, I think that you know the the next logical place to sort of go is is to ask you know anyone who's associated with Liverpool knows the spirit of the Shankly, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. And, and and the fan group. I'd be interested because I think you know amongst our listeners and amongst you know the wider you know Liverpool fan base. What was the what was the, the sort of the motivation for Spirit of Shankley? How did it come about? What was it what was its aims and what was it achi- looking to achieve and and how, how did it you know manage to pull the likes of yourself into its orbit and and, and, and get some you know big names and big people sort yeah, of
0: um, it's 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 very very ha- hard to really say what the aims or intentions were at the original stages because it was a protest movement. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I would say every protest movement it's because of something's happened. Yeah. Um and we, I don't think any Liverpool fan could have envisaged, uh, you know, marching in the streets. And, you know, it wasn't the done thing. That no. was clubs who were, like Newcastle, who were successful, yeah. who always got onto the streets and that, you know. But what happened was um, Hicks and Gillette were arrived with a big fanfare, didn't they? You was know, yeah. 2007. 2007. Uh, there was a lot, lots of people going, you know, there was even banners in the cup, or, you know proclaiming them they were getting yep. they were going into town when before European Cup semi-finals you know and getting lauded you know yeah but I'd read a bit about them and uh, I wrote an article we were doing them we were doing a fanzine at the time called uh, partisan mm. which was online saying I wrote an article be careful what you wish for you know yeah because um Liverpool were originally linked with Dubai which I was thinking I don't want them to sell to Dubai because of the human rights record with dubai and the yeah. fact that mm-hmm. they banned trade unions and that type of thing yeah but then i started looking into hicks and gillette and it was a google away from finding out that they were f- you know they had suspicious backgrounds you know yeah yeah and yeah. uh, they were charlatans really if you looked into them yeah you're know, always going bankrupt yeah uh, hicks had been involved in uh, a brazilian club you know mm. so i wrote an article saying you know that you know be careful that you know these football fans Will, re- will rejoice if they win something yeah. and they won't care about the ownership. Yeah, You've seen that with Man City, really, haven't you? Yeah, you know? of course, yeah. Um, they don't care where the owners are from as long no. as they're winnings things and the saying, But, you know, as someone who'd, who'd written in the past, I was a bit, a lot more cautious and that. Um, I wasn't saying, you know, opposed them at that stage. I was just saying, you know, you've yeah. got to be careful with yeah. these people. Within a year, so they went to... They went to um, the final in Athens, didn't they? Yeah, they were there. Uh, yeah, they were there. Got interviews uh, after they the game. Just took over the club then, and then Benitez uh, allegedly walked the streets the morning after the game, didn't he? Yeah. And, uh, couldn't, didn't have a hotel room or something, and was thinking these are these are con merchants. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, so anyway, the new season started. They they buy Torres in the summer. Everything looks hunky-dory, you know, Torres is like an instant sensation. Yeah. But then it started to, things started to fickle through, um, trickle through through jailers, really. I remember Tony Barrett getting in touch and uh, he got in touch with me and a few of my mates and I'd say in there, it's really serious, you know. This idea that they haven't put debt on the club, they have done a very similar thing to the Glazers. Because when they arrived, people were saying, oh, this isn't like the Glazers. Yeah. This is, you know, this isn't putting debt on the club. But they had a convoluted, complicated uh, set of bank accounts. Yeah. And um, someone had done some digging and found out it was they were having to pay the interest yeah. off the profit from the club, S- you know.
2: So did Tony mm. just tell you that as like a mate? Or was he no, calling he was, you to he action? W- he was working for <laughs>
0: the uh, Liverpool Echo yeah, oh. at the time. Yeah. Um, so he was also active on various forums yeah i mean i was i was going on a forum called red all over the land yeah Mm. uh, and a lot of discussion was going on there people were getting tipped off really that you know this is serious yeah rafa's not happy they've tried to replace him with someone They're meeting people in america yeah yeah. and there was all sorts of all sorts of vicious rumors going around in the background so people were saying something's going to happen you know and then people started investigating the financial arrangements saying oh yeah this is they're having to pay off, you know, whatever yeah. profit, and that's the reason David Moore sold the club. He said to get to the next level, yeah. But these were in Abramovich's or no, nope. or, or, nope. or or Dubai's, you know, they were basically uh, they were basically chances, you know, yeah. who seemed to put who seemed to borrow a lot of money, yeah. Unfortunately for them, uh, in 2008, obviously the uh, the yeah, financial, uh, financial, financial crash, steel prices rocketed, you know, and yeah, so I mean, I don't think it. it you know i don't think it was all their fault but yeah. you know uh, of course the way they'd set up the financial arrangements mm-hmm. it wasn't stable yeah. yeah so um all sorts of discussions on websites about what we should do and and main f- people who ran the websites and fanzines and and people who did coaches to away matches decided there should be some sort of organization you yeah. know some sort of uh, pressure group you know so we have a meeting um so there's all sorts of people predicting uh, at the meeting it'd be chaos because there'd be hundreds there and no one would be able to get. There wouldn't be proper organised and that. Yeah. Uh, so I told I knew a lad called Paul Rice, who mm. was now the head of Liverpool Bid, which is the city centre industry. Yeah. Conglomeration really all the all the industries in the city centre pay in a levy. Yeah. To Liverpool Bid and they maintain the city centre and and develop it and organise yep. it, you know. And yep. All. Yep. So he was fairly well-respected in the city, but he had also been chair of the Broad Green Labour Party right. during the 80s, during the you know the Labour Council yep. years. Yep. So I thought, if he can chair that, he'll be able to chair that. <laughs> <you know. laughs> so I rung him all past him, and he said, uh, Peter, oh, I'm dead busy with work. I said, look, the club's at stake here. Don't yeah. you realise? Well, I know what's been going on. I've been reading about been reading all, all about it, but you know I'm really busy. He said I'll, I'll chair this one meeting, yeah. you know. <laughs> so we chaired the meeting, and uh, in two, you know two years later, he's on Saint George's Hall yeah. uh, platform when yeah. we did the Independence Rally yeah. on July the fourth, uh, making a delivering uh, <laughs> Abraham Lincoln style <laughs> speech. <You know, laughs> it was absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. But at the at the original when we went to the Sandham, we decided it should be in the Sandham. Uh, and no one was in charge at mm. this time, no one was uh, you know, no one was dictating. But some of the fanzine people were in the front room of the Sandon and where it got back that the back room yeah. where the were waiting for us, 250, 300 people. Yeah. and um, people saying, Oh, we you know, it's it's absolutely mobbed in there, you know, yeah. I've never seen anything yeah. like it. It's yeah, like yeah. an old, you know, uh, city council meeting, you know. Yeah. And some of the fanzine people were saying, oh, we can't, you know, we can't meet them there. You know, we'll have to decide what we should do here Mm. in the front room and go into the back room to declare what the the resolutions are going to be. And a few of us said, you can't do that. that. No, no. You know, these people are waiting for information and they want us, you know. So anyway, a top table was set up and Paul Rice chaired it, you know. Yeah, yeah. And Paul was one of the ones saying, you know, we've got to meet the, the public, you know. This is going to be democratic, you know. Yeah, of course. So on the on the top table, there's lots of people. I was in charge of the microphone <laughs> in the audience, <laughs> so I went round with you know roving reporter, uh, <laughs> roving reporter. Yeah, you know, giving the microphone to, and the, the contributions were absolutely magnificent. Yeah, yeah. And, the t- and people on the top table were fantastic as well. Yeah, Paul Rice shared the meeting absolutely brilliantly, you know. And uh, yeah. there was all the all the people who most of the people who ran the coaches. Uh, yep. most people you'd see at like um, uh, trade union meetings people yeah, yeah. you'd see at away matches uh, activists you know um, and it was a fantastic meeting and the, the resolution that an organisation should be set up uh, with all and anyone can join it yeah uh, and anyone can be on the committee yeah you know it wasn't you know um, if you want to be put your hand up and volunteer you know? yeah mm. we even had the urchins there <laughs> yeah you know, there was, they yeah. were all in the corner sat in the about 30, 20 of them, you know, and it was just absolutely amazing, it was like, it was like a city council um, um, meeting from the 80s, you know, Yeah. mm. Uh, but mainly young people, mainly young people, and uh, uh, we decided that it was going to be called the Sons of Shankly, you know, but someone Mm. put their hand up and uh, said, you know, how can you call it the Sons of Shankly, I'm a woman, you know, I I can't identify (laughs) with that, so... I think it was called the Shuns of Shanky for a couple of days. Yeah. And then got changed to the Spirit of Shanky, you know, which, yeah. is, which is, is the right thing. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. Um, from that, there was all sorts of, what, what should we do? Should there be marches? Should there be other meetings? So there was decisions to hold other meetings. And the next one that we held was in the Olympia. Mm. Oh, yeah. And we got like, there wasn't 300 there. There was more like 800 there. <laughs> really, yeah. And, you know, nearly 1,000 probably. Yeah. Where did you know? it spread by then? Where it spread? Yeah. And uh, basically... Uh, we decided from the meeting to march on the ground, yeah, which was unprecedented. Mm-hmm. You know, that was it never been known before. You know, yeah. mm-hmm. um, there had been a, a ticket protest at Athens, yeah, uh, two thousand and seven, but this was that was specifically about Rick Parry and his ticket allocation and his numbers game. You know. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, this was more about this is more or less marching against the ownership of the club. You know. Yeah, and saying what's going on, you know. Mm. So there was, uh, it, it felt like going to an away match in the eighties. Yeah, there was no police escorts. Yeah, uh, you're walking through uh, from West Derby Road onto Breck Road, yeah. onto yeah. Oakfield Road. Yeah, and we seemed to be gathering more and more people as we as went you along. Read. You know, some people were like bemused, looking out of pubs, what, what what's going on, but other people were going, you know, come on, join us, and all. Yeah. and it was if you know. Quite honestly, it was a brilliant feeling mm. because you're thinking there's going to be some resistance here. Yeah. These aren't going to get away with everything, yeah. you know. And just like, uh, just, you know, he described it as a noise, didn't they, in, in Hicks and Gillette. Yeah. Well, Hicks, I think it was described it as a noise. Did he? Yeah. Eventually, but you know, this was the this was the seeds of a, a of a popular uprising, really. Yeah. Yeah, a
1: real organized movement. And I mean, uh, you know, I don't think anyone can sort of say that it didn't have an impact did it no. I mean it, you know you say there that the ownership described it as noise but it, I, I remember you know around that time it, it it felt like there was just action everywhere you know yeah, people yeah. emailing the owners directly yeah, yeah. Being yeah. giving them all kinds and telling them their thoughts and <laughs> the media the papers the radio you know it just felt like everything was uh, there was a real yeah. cauldron of It uh,
0: uh, was and you know there was meetings there was committee meetings you know sometimes twice a week you know yeah. and it, it felt like it was like You know, a grassroots movement uh, that was was going to have some sort of effect. You know, but it wasn't. I wouldn't say it was comprehensively welcomed by all the fans because it wasn't. I'd say at any stage we only ever really had ten percent of Liverpool fans on board. But they were the ten percent who were reading about stuff. They were the ten percent who were on the internet finding out about stuff. You know, Uh, and we had a march against Man United. I think it was about probably. September two thousand and eight, I think mm. it was, and that was the probably one of the biggest marches we had, yeah. and there's probably five thousand on there. Mm. So if you think about it, out of a of um, forty five thousand, yeah, we, you know, just it's less than ten, just a little bit more than ten percent, you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, as we were walking past pubs, sorry, uh, people go tourists are looking at us, and they, you know what, what's going on. Yeah, and it's it caused a bit of tension. There was yeah. a lot of lads I recognised from. Hardcore, hardcore Liverpool fans. Some years ago, yeah, s- standing there with their arms folded, you know.
2: I imagine it was just ignorance. What were they thinking? Like, why are you going against the club type yeah. of thing? Yeah, yeah basically. But yeah.
0: we were saying, look, this isn't their club; it's our club. Yeah, mm. you know, uh, uh, read up on it. Yeah, and we were trying to educate people all the time. It was, yeah. you know, it was, it was putting out uh, statements, putting out leaflets, putting out information about. And I don't think the vast majority of Liverpool fans realised how serious it was. Yeah. Mm. They will now because yeah. everyone said we were a couple of days away from going into administration or yeah. whatever, you know, yeah. Yeah. Uh, And uh, um, until uh, FSG, you call it NESV at the time, were Yeah,
1: New England Sports Ventures wasn't it, Um
0: But they were, you know, that everyone knows that by bringing Broughton in to get a sale done, the banks realised yeah, the money's running out here you yeah. know they won't be able to pay the interest you you know if you go against the banks it's game set and match yeah, you know, yeah because yeah. the banks can just shut you down yeah, you know yeah, but it Thomas was cook. scotland was Thomas it? cook yeah. saw that a few weeks ago yeah, yeah, so, exactly, you know, yeah. Uh, so liverpool were on but we we would it was it was hard to kind of convince people yeah mm. i wouldn't say it was easy but i think there was yeah. so many determined and so many committed people on the committee and at the meetings. Yeah. That uh, I think we got, we got,
2: we certainly made more than a noise. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I I remember like thinking back how I felt at the time, and y- you don't really understand the the economics of it, do you? And you're thinking no. this is just and how you know, football's going these days. Like yeah. that's what leveraging is just what you do, what you have to do type of thing. I didn't really understand the consequences. Yeah. And, and
0: and you know really fo- as football fans, you just want to go to match and enjoy the <laughs> yeah. match, you know, yeah. but. Um, there was a FA Cup match against um, uh, what, what was it called? Havens and, Havins and Waterloo Waterlooville. Havens and Waterlooville, and there was some chance in the cop and a lot of the cup turned against three o six, where yeah. uh, a lot of the spirits of Shankly were, you know. All mm. oh, right, and turned, it was g- it got pretty, you know. Yeah. It could have been fisticuffs, you know. I mean, there was people pushing and shoving and get behind the team, yeah. and get, behind, get behind the team going, you might not have a team yeah. if it carries yeah. on, you know, but yeah. it was very, very difficult to convince people. Yeah. You yeah. know, we even went down to see Scudamore at the Premier League Yeah, and even he didn't get it. Really? We said, you know, that w- how can these be fitting proper yeah. owners, you know, when they put debt on the club? There should be a way of siphoning out charlatans and carpet baggers yeah. from genuine businessmen, you know, yeah. and he said, well, the Premier League is not here to, uh, you know, to make Liverpool successful, No, <laughs> well, it's not about it's success, not about that, no. it's yeah. about the existence of the <laughs> club, yeah, yeah. and he still didn't understand it, you know, but it, he was purely thinking that we were moaning because, yeah we were, know, winning we were struggling as a team, yeah, yeah. but it, I mean, it would have been a lot more difficult if we'd have been eight points clear yeah <laughs> in, yeah, yeah yeah in a, in a title race you know mm. of course it might have been impossible mm. but at the time you know we were uh, we had a, a manager who we thought should have got backing in yeah. um because he told we had a meeting with benitez in melwood it took it was a 4 hour meeting and it was a 4 hour stand up performance by benitez really wow. yeah. that and be it was oh, it was absolutely unbelievable you know mm. and uh He 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 told us everything that had gone on with the ownership, and now you can you look back at Benitez now and you think, well, you know it might have been his version of events. Yeah, but what's transpired since has come out in books and whatever. Yeah, tended to be what he was saying was the truth. You know, they were basically that he wanted he he wanted control of the transfer policy. Yeah, but he had people. Like uh, Rick Parry, or yeah. other people saying, No, you can't do that, you've got to do this. You know, going, yeah. What does Rick Parry know <laughs> about <Trump? laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. Was saying that. Well, yeah, you know, and he was like, He was saying, you know, when um, after Istanbul, he was talking about the Gerard contract, you know, yeah. and he was saying, And Rick goes on holiday for three weeks and he can't get older. And he said, Have you got this deal with Gerard done? Because Gerard's talking to Chelsea and he thinks, We don't want him, you know, yeah. and we're forcing him out, you know, and all that. Yeah, so it was really, you could see that it was. The fact fact that the club shop was shut the day after, Istanbul. Yeah, that's after yeah. the Stan It bonkers, was run it? like it was run uh, like a it corner a joke, shop. Wasn't it, it was yeah. Yeah, yeah, everyone looks back at that now yeah. and realises that, you know. Yeah. Um I think David Moores wanted to put it to another level by comp- he was thinking I but he could have got a bank loan. Yeah the same way Hicks and Gillette had got a bank loan. Yeah. Mm. So really I don't think due diligence was done, you know, I think it no. was probably um, it You know, but they must have had uh, lawyers and accountants looking at them. Yeah, maybe they were thinking, you know, these just might be able be able to do it. You know,
1: yeah, I think I think the thing with with Paddy and Moores is, I mean, Moores definitely had you know the wealth to be able to go and leverage up to to be able to do things, In the same way that hickson and Gillette too. But I think you know the the sort of difference there is. With moors, it was family wealth, wasn't it? Old money sort of thing. Whereas with yeah. I think with traditional with, yeah, owners of exactly football and, clubs. and wasn't I think it, it, yeah. with the with the Americans, it, it's much more prevalent, isn't it? In their in in their country and the, and the way that their sports ownerships work, and, yeah. and even in business, that you know leverage buyouts yeah, and yeah, all that sort lot, of stuff. It's yeah. a lot more you know understood. It's more, and it's, a,
0: it's, a, it's more of their business model, exactly, really, isn't yeah. it? but. You know, as I was saying before, you know, obviously with the financial crash, you know, that probably snookered them as much as uh, uh, as, as anything, anything, you know, yeah. Yeah, because they couldn't get extended loans and the RBS were, uh, yeah, I think it was f- was it 45, 50 million a year uh, interest payments, y- you know, but yeah, yeah. that's what would have gone on a player. would yeah. mm-hmm. have made, yeah. you know, th- you know, yeah. I think Benitez was saying he had a transfer budget to twenty million or something, you know, yeah. in yeah. those days. And you think of it now. Yeah, and he was saying, "How can you compete with that?" You know. Yeah. I mean, it did produce a fantastic team. 2008, 2009. I thought we should have won the league. You know, yeah. but uh, it was just United kept on. Makeda, you know? wasn't. It? And in a way, it was Makeda Yeah. yeah. Against Villa, and now, know, he, and now he's, he's playing in. now he's playing yeah. Yeah. in. Dog know, and do do in Italy or something. Yeah, yeah, but uh, just incredible set of circumstances that stop Liverpool from winning the league. Really, yeah, but mm. in a way it might have been a blessing in disguise. If we'd have won the league with Hicks and Gillette, you know, it, still yeah, be, it masks, masks know, a lot of know. problems, it doesn't might, it? You know, yeah. I mean, mm. because of um, the financial arrangements and the financial uh, model that they had, it was never going to work really, mm. you know. Mm. I think it was just because Benitez was so good at what he was doing with the limited resources yeah. that we even got anywhere near the title, you know. Yeah, yeah. And then, um, so when uh, FSG took over, the first thing... Uh, first thing they said to Spiritsy Shankly was if it wasn't for you we wouldn't be here Yeah, that's what he said so anyone doing any bit of revisionism going it was nothing to do with the fan groups it was the banks who pulled the yeah Yeah, they did but also we had Hicks going into uh, banks in Manhattan and Liverpool fans spotting them and a, a massive email campaign which was Spirits of Shankly was involved in as well you know yeah, I'm yeah. not just saying it was just yeah. the Spirit of Shankly. of yeah. course it wasn't we were the, f- we were the uh, vocal face yeah. but it, it gave people the encouragement to try and stop these and you know I remember once uh, the Premier League's website crashed you know yeah <laughs> I remember that and, uh, I remember reading about that yeah. and I remember um, someone who was close to Scudamore who I knew from years ago ringing me up going Peter Peter call them off and yeah. call who off he said uh, the websites crashed. You know, screw on holiday in Barbados. <laughs> you know, it, it it won't change things. You know, I, said, yeah. well, I can't call anyone off because yeah. uh, you know it's a decentralized movement, yeah. really. Isn't it? Well, it is. I said we don't know. The, we don't know who's doing it. You know, yeah. there's all sorts of different groups doing it. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's just a massive Liverpool fan base around the world doing it. You know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and I said even if I had the power, I wouldn't do it anyway. You <laughs> know, but I, you know, I don't know who some of them you know there's people in the SOS who are the direct action committee
2: yeah I don't know
0: who they are Yeah. you know, you know it was a bit of a white lie yeah, yeah yeah but it was more or less saying look yeah. it's a cell type situation yeah. yeah and we don't swap information so yeah. there were certain people who were going on direct action yeah like uh, you know, doing when you look back at it, fairly funny things, you know, yeah. chaining the RBS, <laughs> <laughs> bank doors up or super gluing it, you know, all like, <laughs> s- you know, no one's setting off bombs here, you know, but yeah. just making it awkward yeah. for RBS to continue, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so the RBS must have been thinking, we've had enough of this as well, you yeah. know, let's pull the plug on Ixion Gillette, you know, yeah. Yeah. which,
2: which, uh, was the catalyst what, for everything. You know. yeah, if, yeah. if they would have made them repayments, I wonder what would have happened. Like, what, what happened in the end? Did the court? No, so in?
1: my understanding of it is that RBS basically ended up pulling the plug because they basically said, you need to find a way to pay back. It was an overdraft facility yeah. that they ended up catching them on and basically saying, if this isn't paid back within this, num- this period of time, then the covenants and the agreements or whatever mean yeah. that we can basically take ownership of the club. Mm. And they basically sold it, it out from under them then. Yeah, yeah, oh, that's yeah. right. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. Which so it it,
0: it's complicated, and you know, obviously, you have ca- accountants drooling over it and going, "Oh no, it was this, it was yeah. that." But at the end of the day, the to sell. Yeah, And, yeah. Uh, and the uh, they tried to take it to uh, a Texas court, yeah. didn't they? When yeah, they lost we, it, yeah oh, yeah. But basically, the uh, financial institutions in in Britain just going, yeah. "You're joking, aren't you? Yeah, this yeah, is, yeah. Yeah. is over." You know.
2: I wonder what <laughs> would have happened though if they if they would have found that money from somewhere like it it would have got ugly, wouldn't it? Yeah, well, yeah. They, really, really it
0: would have done, but I think you know. Um, I don't know, you know, mm-hmm. they, if they'd have sacked Benitez, you know, yeah. half the uh, fan base would have been happy wouldn't Yeah, well, and, and that's,
1: that's an interesting point, that, because obviously, you know, I th- I think there is a real sort of split, you know, amongst, li- I think looking back now, everyone, you know, respects the job Benitez has done, but at the time, it did feel like there yeah. was a split in the fan base. Yeah, you know, it some was. people thought he, he got too political and got too too tied up in yeah, them sort yeah. of games, and the other thought, you know, he, he's a really he, he honest, principled to, man yeah. who, who, who believed in the club.
0: I think, you know, I mean, I've heard various stories, you know, but the one thing I got told, and this is off, uh, Benitez's camp was that uh, Benitez wasn't sacked. Mm. He wanted an agreement with Broughton yeah. that any player that he sold, he could have the, uh, the proceeds proceed of. And Broughton uh, said, "Okay, I'll shake on it." And he went, "No, Perslow shook on that last year. Yeah. I ended up with Aquilani, <laughs> <and, laughs> yeah. you know, and people who, were, you know, because he couldn't afford anyone else, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It was a gamble. Yeah. Uh, Broughton would not shake hands on it." Uh, sorry, he'd, sh- he'd shake hands on it, but he wouldn't put it into a legal document. Mm. He wanted it on, I agree, you know, on a legal document yeah, signed, yeah. and he wouldn't do that. So Benitez said, "Well, I will have to go to to the press on this," and yeah, you know, it's either that or that's how it was. Almost like a mutual agreement thing, yeah. you know. Mm. Yeah, uh, but then you show how the dire straits the club was in. Uh, Danny Murphy picked the manager, didn't he? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I'm saying that facetiously, <laughs> but he was the main. You look back, you googled Danny Murphy 2010. Yeah. Roy Hodgson. Yeah. You Google it, and it's Danny Murphy. Was was his agent Yeah, bigging him <laughs> up everywhere. Yeah, yeah I mean, was the was media were as well, though. The yeah. media was
1: like, it was all because because he got Fulham to the Europa League final, hadn't he? And yeah. it was all. You know, he's never had a big job he deserves. He's an elder statesman in the game, all that sort of nonsense. And it was like the media had done a concerted effort and campaigned I mean, to sort of get him in.
0: Yeah, a lot of the media would have been Man United fans. Well, yeah, <laughs> true, yeah. yeah." But, I mean, I think the very fact that Hodgson got the job just shows you what predicament Liverpool were in mm. as yeah. a club, you know, yeah. and for whatever reasons, yeah, uh, however it came about, you know, the fact that there was people in the club who were thinking that he was uh, a suitable manager? Now he might be suitable for Palace, Fulham, or whoever. Like yeah, he's not suitable for Liverpool. No, no, no. no he doesn't fit. He no doesn't fit any all. of the criteria. No. but the likes of. Um, Christian Pearslow and Martin Broughton obviously thought he did and yeah. Danny Murphy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but yeah. again
1: Peerslow and Broughton, you know, they weren't football people, were they? You know what I mean? No. Christian Pearslow no. was a he was a banker, weren't he? A, yeah, a yeah. financier and, and Broughton was a, he was the chairman of the British
0: Airways, wasn't yeah, he, before yeah. he before he got on well, with the pool? A journalist who should remain anonymous told me that Broughton did have a background in in you know, we hmm. went to, he went to hospitality at Chelsea. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh <laughs> yeah. only um uh, experience of football was running a kids' team uh, <laughs> that came bottom of the league <laughs> in some... in s- Down south somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, so obviously they didn't have football backgrounds and we were fighting against them. We actually we actually met Pairslow, um in the Cross Keys in town. Yeah. Mm. The committee of the Spirits of Shankly met Pairslow. Yeah. Pairslow didn't... This is when, um, you know, we really... Understood that he was absolutely clueless, yeah. you know. He wouldn't park his car next to the cross keys in Liverpool, he parked it two streets away. We got all this because yeah. he didn't want us to be jealous of his car, oh God. you know. Because obviously, he thought we these are just a bunch of scallies or whatever, yeah, yeah, But yeah. we had lawyers on there yeah. on the committee, we had the head of bid, we had playwrights, we yeah, had, you know, yeah. we had this uh, whole cross section, yeah, of the Liverpool fan base, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, and anyway, he comes in in his cowboy Cuban heel boots, you know. <laughs> uh, and uh, he's he's over friendly. Yeah. You know, and we're all sitting there and then he starts swearing. Like I've never known anyone to swear in a meeting. You know, because any uh, anyone with any so he, he must have been thinking, I'll get I'll down. I d- yeah. get, get down to with the, the easiest yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm the same as you. I've yeah. supported this team and yeah. all this absolute bullshit. Yeah. Basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah and we just couldn't believe it you know we were just looking at him thinking what planet are on you? and <laughs> we actually we actually taped the meeting yeah uh, on the you know sort of yeah, secretly taped it but we said you know can we uh, we'll take notes in the meeting but we yeah. actually taped it and there was a move to release the uh recording the because mm. a week later he, he produced his own notes of the of the meeting which oh, yeah. were completely at odds to our oh, taped recorded notes yeah, you know yeah yeah so we he He was uh, about to put that out, and we said, No, that didn't happen. Uh, This is what happened. And there was a big argument over that, you know. Mm. Um, On reflection, maybe we should have released the tape, but we thought they'll never trust us again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, But basically, what he was saying in his notes was completely at odds to what we were saying. You know, he he was saying he was brought in to get 100 million pounds of investment, and we said, Great, you do that. Yeah. But stop trying to pick the team, yeah, yeah, yeah. and stop trying to go into the dressing room, yeah. And he was a bit of a like a laughing stock at a Melwood, I believe, yeah. and mm. and Anfield. He's a bit of a laughing stock, you know. That, he, but I think the the way people who were, you know, thinking, you know, well, Paisley, Paisley is, you know, he's our person, so yeah. you know, we can, you know. So I mean, it, it was it it's probably have you ever seen Wolf Hall. No, the no. series will fall about, you know, Shakespearean times in okay. the, the court. Yeah, all sorts of intrigue and Machiavellian yeah, yeah, yeah. goings on. It was, it was probably a bit like that. Yeah. So you yeah. didn't know who to believe, really. Yeah, you'd you'd have to get both sides of the arguments, yeah. and then draw your own conclusion. You yeah. Know.
1: I mean, a, th- a really interesting point there is you said that <coughs> when FSG came into the club, you know, one of the first things that they did was basically say we wouldn't be it only for years and I've read the story John Henry that he did get wind, you know, from like financial like conversations in America and also about like the, in the campaigns what got blown up in the media and stuff yeah. and that's how he sort of got wind, that's that's that there was an opportunity. It, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. Without, yeah, yeah. Someone from the Boston Globe told me that without the spirit of Shankley and this lad in the Boston Globe was writing... Articles about the spirit of Shankly. Yeah, he said without those articles, he would never have been aware of it. Yeah, that was
2: even. Yeah, you know. Yeah, that the essential. opportunity was there. Yeah.
1: Well, I think you know the the interesting question for me is like, w- what's the sort of feeling around FSG now in terms of you know? Mm-hmm. I think when well, they, they first p- came in, there was suspicion about them, wasn't it? Because yeah, it was because American be owners and
0: because of Hicks and Gillette, you know. But mm-hmm. uh, I think obviously on any level, they made loads of mistakes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but on any level, they're much better. And Hicks and Gillette yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. uh, I think they made a lot of mistakes. They've, I mean, the first of all thing they said, we're going to deal with uh, supporters now, you know. Yeah. So they set up these support yeah, committees, the committees and that, yeah. which which an absolute, you know, sham, really, <laughs> you know, yeah. because th- all the time they were dealing with the SOS. Mm. Uh, it's a bit like when you know, the Thatcher government said, we're not dealing with uh, Sinn Féin and the IRA, you know, we're yeah. not dealing with them, but they were on, They had communication channel, all the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they'd set up these supporter committees, which were a bit of a, you know, um, uh, their ideas about them were, you know, w- this is how we're going to engage with the supporters, but there was no, a lot of the SOS were against it, you know, yeah. uh, some of the SOS joined the, some of the committees, but yeah. there wasn't a, we weren't um, unanimous on whether people should join us, so it was individual decisions. Yeah. Uh, but there was no democracy there. Mm. I think it was Karen Gill. Um, yes, that, she was doing And John yeah. Bishop went through the applications who applied to join the. Yeah. And there was no vote. Mm. So you think how can that be a democrat? So no. a lot of us didn't want to know about that, but some did go on the committees. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and then they scrapped them. Yeah. They scrapped them because of uh, I think after the walkout on seventy yeah. seven. Yeah. In two thousand yeah. uh, And that wasn't. That was organised by the Spying Cop 1906 lads. Yeah. Mm. It was just that we supported it as yeah. well, you know. Mm. So it was a joint, you know, it yeah. was like, uh, they, it was their idea, but we'd had Spirits of Shankly people in um, uh, the ticket pricing uh, committee for 18 months or whatever. Yeah. And we kept on putting brilliant ideas to them. Yeah. But we thought they were brilliant. Yeah. Because we were getting them off the fellow who does Glastonbury. Oh who's a contact of ours you yeah. Know? Yeah, yeah. yeah so they were probably looking at going where have they come out with these strategies yeah these strategies and with all advice from him you know yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, and they were having this because the one thing the boston globe journalist has told us he said you know there'll be a honeymoon period with the fsg but eventually they'll try and raise the ticket prices mm. and they'll do it in a tiered way yeah. to try and confuse everyone. And yeah. also, so people say, oh, well, ours are going cheaper, so yeah. we're all right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And they did that. And they did it, they tried to do it in um, 2016. Mm. And it was a massive mistake because whatever happens in Boston, you know, it doesn't mean it's going to be nope. successful in Liverpool nope. because the walkout, which was planned by Spying Cop 1906, um the walkout, I'd say, the, s- the cop were you know, uh, maybe a third or a half of the cup were moving. Yeah. But then you looked at the main stand and the Kremlin, uh, the St. Henry, and and, and uh, just as many yeah, were going... Because yeah. we didn't know how successful it was going to be. Yeah. Mm. But that must have sent a uh, shot across the bars. They must have thought, oh, my God. Mm. And that's why, obviously... Uh, the likes of A uh, and Air and people like that probably yeah. had to go, you know, because yeah. maybe they were thinking, why didn't you tell us this is yeah. what was? The? Bec- yeah, but we were telling them. People immediate. from the SOS were telling them in the ticket uh, for them, uh, yeah. telling them you can't do this. Mm. Yeah. Originally, the seventy-seven was the highest price, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, but that wasn't the on the on the draft. And I've got it at home. Yeah, the original highest price was going to be one hundred and fifty-two, <sighs> Wow. Uh, and they dropped that because he, he said, if you. So Try and put that as halfway line main stand. Yeah. That'd be, you know, it'd be yeah. unprecedented. Yeah. Then they come up with 77. We said it doesn't matter. Yeah. That's the, but you, they were going to label the 150, 152, can't remember exactly. They were going to label that as low level hospitality. Yeah. <laughs> so you would have got a program yeah. and a meat pie or something, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. But it would have been in the same seats that people had previously be paying yeah. 50 quid or something,
2: 40, 40 50 quid, or quid for, you know. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. So it was it was unprecedented, and the walkout was a match. it sent you know warning signals. It was a, it was an earthquake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he did not it was a third of the ground. You know, yeah, and it was a fifteen twenty thousand wet walk, didn't he? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And we were winning. I think it was against Sunderland, wasn't it? It was. Yeah. And then they ended up drawing, didn't they? And it was a feeling, and I think there was there was chatting similar to the chants outside the ground about uh, the uh, to FSJ about. You know, similar ones to Ex yeah. and Gillette, yeah. which really upset them, I believe, because yeah. they saw themselves as a lot more reasonable and not yeah. uh, carpet baggers, and yeah. mm. they were from a democratic tradition, yeah. who weren't trying to rip fans off and that. But those, I think, that action yeah. really uh, sent a strong message, didn't it? Sent a strong message, but also really upset
2: them, you know. Yeah, mm. yeah. But fair point, and though they retracted it, didn't he? And but yeah, they
0: had no choice. Yes. <laughs> I mean, uh, I don't think it was ideal what they did. But yeah. the, one of the major things that came of that is then a few weeks later, the Premier League capped their away ticket price. Yeah, yeah. It's a thirty pound, oh, yeah. and that's been, you know, that's given another extension in February for another three years. You know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So just imagine what it'd be to go to Arsenal now. Oh. Be like eighty quid. Yeah, yeah. Or you know, it could be getting towards a hundred quid because it yeah. was sixty two you know, f- uh, four or five years ago, you know? Yeah, yeah, So that was a massive, and everywhere, all around the media, talk shows, uh, matches, everything was mentioned in it, yeah. you know? So it was a real, and without, uh, I think, without the uh, S- Spying Cop 1906 called it, but yeah. I think um, b- because the Spirits of Shankley had them, the, oh, uh, that we had voice, didn't you, really? I think it was a, a joint effort, obviously, mm. but I think it was important that Spirit of Shankly was still in existence. Yeah. yeah. That we could get that message out to a wider group of people, you know. Yeah. Because yeah. um, we'd already marched on the Premier League yeah. in 2015. Yeah. Uh, and stopped the traffic outside the Premier League, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. uh, it was mainly a Spirit of Shankly initiative, you know. Yeah. Uh, we went to an FS. Uh, FSF meeting in yeah. Manchester, about ten of us, and put the resolution forward that we should march on the Premier League, and it was passed. Mm. And we couldn't believe it. They passed it, you know. Yeah. We went, okay, let's um, do about it. the away yeah. prices was it? Yeah, the football it supporters, about supporters about It was about ticket prices yeah. in general, you know, Premier yeah. League ticket prices. Um, but then lots of people tried to put us off doing that. Nah, they won't, they won't, they won't change their mind and screw them all They're not interested. Just big mm. business and. The so then when we organized the uh, the march on it, about 500 people turned up on it yeah uh, small in comparison yeah so the football lads alliance idiots who got you know tens of thousands or whatever mm. but it was significant because we tagged at the premier league scudamore we were told wasn't going to be there but he was there yeah mm. and people say why are you targeting the premier league there you know there's just secretaries in there and, yeah. and admin staff. Yeah. They can't afford to go to matches either. they you And know, going, well, it's symbolic. Don't you yeah, understand? Yeah. It's symbolic. Yeah. Yeah. We stopped the traffic. We had... Um, most Premier League teams were represented. Yeah. You know, maybe 10, 15 from each club. Yeah. Uh, but, like, probably about 100 from the Spirit from Liverpool. Spirits yeah. of Shankly Inspiring Cop, lads. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and it was a great day. Yeah. And it was a, there was a... There wasn't even any incidents. I mean, the only no. incident was that Arsenal fans said they wouldn't march next to Tottenham. They had to, one had to go <laughs> at the front of the march and one had to go at the <laughs> right. It was sort of mad yeah. like that, you know. Yeah. But, but I mean, uh, there was a big contingent of Leicester fans, young lads, who yeah, were acti- really? activists, you know, and they were activists, you know. Yeah. So it was really heartwarming, you know. I think the one thing that disappointed even though there were a few Man fans there, there's probably less than, you know, Less than a dozen. Really? Mm. Well, the, one of the main ones, uh, Duncan Drasdow, did uh, must, their independent supporters mm. thing. He he was a rep and yeah. went into the meeting, you know. Yeah. So that was important, but probably Man United fans saw it as a spirit of Shankly oh, and to the see. Carbis, yeah. you know. Yeah. yeah. And so I mean,
1: it, I think it, it's interesting and it, it's one of the, you know, the points I wanted to ask is, do you think, I mean, I, I, I don't know about other clubs and the sort of history of their sort of fan cooperatives and, and unions and things, but do you think that maybe Spirit of Shankly and, and you know the success with the activism against Hix and Gillette do you think that did spring up or the groups around other clubs do you think that started to? to yeah uh,
0: definitely definitely I think uh, yeah it definitely did uh, get, it, it encourage people yeah uh, that you know action direct yeah. action can have um, an impact can have su- impact and yeah. have success you know yeah. with the ticket prices you know yeah, mm. yeah. Uh, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say there was you know a mass movement of people, but um, it certainly encouraged other groups. I mm. mean, the Blue Union started at Everton, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And there, I saw them, one of their meetings in the CASA, you know, they had like three f- two, 300 at that, you know? Yeah. Mm. Um, and out of that activism, you've got like the Food Banks Initiative. Yeah. yeah. And you've got now the club really realising that, you know, these guys aren't going away, yeah. you know? We've got to deal with them, you know. And mm. uh, the very fact that they put Tony Barrett in charge yeah, of supporter liaison Who would have been seen as somebody who was closely associated, even though he was never on the platform, as he would have been someone who would been fairly supportive of the SOS.
2: Yeah, mm. yeah.
0: And in a way, Tony's in a really difficult position because he's in a situation no win, isn't he? Yeah. Because he's seen as a representative of the club, but he's also has to, you know. Be a fan liaison, you know. Yeah, yeah. it's it must be an impossible difficult. task. You know? Yeah, really
1: difficult, really difficult. And you, you, as you say, you sort of tip your hat to him. To he, he's obviously gone to work for a club that he loves, but yeah, yeah. in a capacity that he thinks he I can think make he change help. and make th- I think he needs I help. Think yeah. he needs yeah, help. Yeah, I think he
0: needs help. I think he needs you know a, a, a whole team yeah. and and delegate powers, you know. Yeah. So it's not him just getting it in the neck all the time, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, because you know everything when it comes to like ticket allocations and and. Kickoff times, you know. Yeah. Mm. He'd he be getting it all the time, <laughs> yeah. you know. And like, if you look at kickoff times now, we've got one boxing day at eight o'clock, you know. Yeah. Which is uh, it's not ideal, is it? You know, no,
1: I mean, it's, it's, it's it, it, yeah. it, it it's very disappointing. I mean, uh, we've had a couple of like we've spoke about it with the lads, you know, sort of on on the WhatsApp groups and stuff. And some of them are saying that they're, they're happy for it because you're out and it'll be on, you know, be able to watch it in the booze while you're out and all that. But it's yeah. when you think about like the ones who are going, it's like there's no public transport on Bank Holidays, no, no. you know, and, on on boxing nights and stuff. I would, no. and so
0: it's always been a great day, Boxing Day, yeah. Yeah. even well, if it was the day after. It was the even if it was the twenty seventh. Yeah. yeah. You know because you more or less guarantee not all the time, but it was going to be a three o'clock kickoff, yeah, yeah you yeah. know, near it, yeah, you know, and you could, you know, you read really, Christmas Day, you really look forward to Boxing Day, you yeah. Know? But yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you know, some people might be happy, you know, some people might be happy going, Oh, we can, we can go to town early Come and watch on. the match, you know, but I think you're right, I think f- for match going fans, I think it would have been better. At three o'clock or at four or half five or yeah. whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's
2: it's people it's don't care about them though, no, do they? But do you know what? All this type of thing, no, it, it, it's a double edged sword because. It's all right having a cop on with the TV rights all the time, but they're the people who give you all the money, and we sign the deal. Yeah, the but Premier League signed the deal mm, no, but I think yeah. that's. Is a this
0: an Amazon? This is an Amazon? Match, oh, this it? is Amazon. It's on Amazon. Yeah, it's Amazon. Is yeah. It Amazon Prime? Amazon Prime. Yeah, Prime, yeah but yeah. is
2: it not the same concept in that like they're obviously paying for the rights and we? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But but We'll happily take the money in one hand but then we're going to complain. No, no, but but, but I
1: think on no, but I think what you're missing there, you know, I think that's a, a little bit of a myopic view because. The reason that they're willing to pay the money is yeah. because the experience of the Premier League and, and what it looks like on the telly yeah. with full a- stands, a- you know, with yep. fans play a massive That's part point, in that yeah. product. We so
0: kept on saying to Skudamores that you know, uh, play these Premier League games be in empty stadiums, mm. yeah. you wouldn't get it. No, you no one would buy it. It's all rights. about. Yeah, and they call it the product. Mm-hmm. They call it that. Yeah, but they call it the product. It's yeah. all about for yeah. them the atmosphere and. You know, when you used to look at Serie yeah. A and used to be a bit jealous in the 80s of Serie A and all the great teams they had and yeah. the fan culture and that, yeah. and then you saw it dipping, didn't you? In the 90s on you Channel you 4. You saw it dipping, you know, the lack of you know, empty, you see empty terraces. And yeah. like, see, as soon as you see empty terraces, you lose a bit of interest. You do, yeah, you know, yeah, by, yeah. by thinking oh, they've, you know, the Premier League is the most successful league in, in, in yeah. that respect, isn't it? You know, yeah. but... They've still I think it's a balancing act. Yeah. And we've always said to them it's a balancing act. You know. Yeah. You know, we, we know we can't go back to the days of a fiver to get in, you know. We know that. You know. But you've also got it and I think that's why I think that argument convinced them about the away ticket prices. Mm. Yeah. Because the away fans, I think they'd seen on their graphs them going down. Yeah. yeah. Gradually over the seasons because people go, um, oh, you know, people said the watershed was 40 pounds for a ticket. Yeah, I'm not going off if it's more than that. Then it was 50 pounds, then it was 60, you know. Yeah. We and did and transport you could see
1: sports and stuff on the day, and all And that you as could well. see
0: if you were going to London for an away match at Chelsea, Arsenal, Tottenham, yeah. and that, you know, you, you sp- it's going to be 150 quid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you want to take, yeah, you know, uh, uh, a youngster, that, yeah. it's all you know, it's, it's a holiday in yeah. you know, <laughs> in, 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 uh, Nuts. in Spain, and yeah. you know, so it's like. I think we were trying to say something, look, this is the important thing, you know, the fan culture. And I think yeah. in the end, the penny dropped, must have dropped with them, you know, yeah. mm. for the... And it wasn't... They were saying, well, it's not our decision. We've got no authority over the clubs. Yeah. It's the club's decision. Mm. And I think because of that walkout, uh, the clubs must have thought, oh my God, more of this is coming. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and the clubs voted for it, you know. Mm.
1: Yeah. I think, like you know, when I look around, like, who I think sort of... A has it right. I think the German clubs yeah. have got it. You know, they've they've sorta you know mm. actually at a it's 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 actually at a a, a, um, a legislated level, isn't it? That yeah. no no single person can own more than fifty one percent of any yeah. of the clubs. Yeah. Which limits the commercial power, you yeah, know, yeah, of, yeah. of of some of them owners. And that means that, you know, they've got full football Grounds and, f- and yeah. cheap ale, and you know, it, yeah. they've got it right because there's like a nice sort of ticket level. I think it's about twenty five quid, relatively yeah, yeah. speaking, or something like that. You know, and they can go, the fans can enjoy themselves, yeah. and they've got these full grounds, and they're playing good football. Yeah. And it feels like, you know, w- is there a point where maybe the government should sort of step in and do something about it? And uh, I, I don't know how you go back now that you've got yeah. owners who already yeah. own, you know, over uh, like the, the majority mm-hmm. of the clubs. But
0: it's a, it's a, it's a hard because I think. Uh, you know, the Premier League do put a, a certain amount into grassroots football, but mm. it's only a, it's only a fraction. It's token, isn't it? Really? Of yeah. what these, it was supposed to be five percent. Mm. Yeah. Um, but they say it's five percent after the costs. Oh, All really? right. And it's it's yep. you know I think the understanding was it was five percent of the deal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not after the costs. Yeah. You know, which is five percent of you know more or less. You know, a not much. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, that could be hopefully. Government legislation could implement that, you know, mm. but it, it's a difficult one because um, it's like when Klopp came to Anfield, I think he was surprised with the lack of atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he was. And um, I went to a book launch by Rafa Honigstein, he'd written a book, uh, Bring the Noises, about yeah, uh, about Klopp. And uh, he was saying, you know, he was really, uh, he really couldn't understand the atmosphere, yeah. Uh, and I and I sort of made the point at the uh, book launch. Well, that's because of the demographic, you yeah. know. Because years ago, you look at the cop, and it's mostly people under twenty-five. Yeah, and they all go in the middle, and they all sing, and it's what well, you know, boss are, d- are, are, are doing at the district. Of people who can't get in the game, yeah. you yeah. know. Mm. And um, Rafa was saying, yeah, but his argument is, well, you did it against Dortmund. You know in the match against dortmund why can't you do it in the yeah. premier league but i think it's a different ta- i honestly it think is. in europe it is yeah there's a different crowd there yeah. yeah because you don't get as many tourists because of the you can't plan six months in advance. yeah and yeah. it's
1: midweek and stuff like that so obviously it's harder than to get well, away
0: where i go in 306 uh, during the european games it's a lot younger yeah mm. uh, and it's and also there's this feeling that Liverpool was made for Europe, yeah. yeah. And Europe was made for Liverpool. You know, it was yeah. like a case of our European pedigree, yeah. And that's that's where it really happens. Mm. You know, it's it's a lot harder against you know Crystal Palace, yeah. On a Sunday at, at one o'clock in you know, yeah, of yeah. Course it is, you know. Yeah. But I think he got he got frustrated, Klopp didn't he? Yeah. Ten rounds to the main stand a few times, didn't he? Yeah. You know, and go, you know. Come on. Gesticulating, but yeah. I think it's obviously improved. Since we've won yeah. the European... It, it is here. ticket
2: prices, though. It, I think th- that's th- a big th- deal. It is, because it used to be people who worked in factories, horrible jobs, and then they yeah. released it the weekend because they could afford to go to the game. Now it's no, it's more of a middle class kind, yeah. kind of a thing, isn't it? And uh, that's, w- that's
0: why that banner went on the cop, didn't it? Uh, Supporters, not consumers, was Yeah, yeah. It? Or yeah. I think the the club were trying to say, yeah, you know, it's, you know, they were trying to say, we're talking about consumers here, here Yeah. not it's yeah not no you no, haven't no. got it and that's there was a massive banner in the car and they couldn't understand that you know and yeah. it was like they must have been told by the hierarchy yeah don't call them support consume, you know mm-hmm. customers yeah mm-hmm. uh, you know yeah, you okay. yeah. supporters yeah. not customers
1: yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah but i mean you mentioned boss night like there and it, it it's an interesting point because i think you know as we're saying there you know with the, with the way ticket places have gone and the way that you know Football grounds—it's not terraced anymore. It's all seaters, and it's yeah. a, a lot more, you know, fan f- family friendly, as I suppose it, is the word. And it feels like that—that that old sort of terrace football culture. You know, you mentioned boss night It feels like that's where it's happening now. It's moved. Yeah, yeah. It's moved out of the grounds almost, yeah. and it, it's now. And I david it on a really sort of an interesting sort of seed. You know that. that they found a little idea, and it feels like they're replicating the mm. way that it, you used to be able to go with your mates to the match, sing songs, mm. or you know have a bevy together. Now you can't do that because you can't just sit wherever you yeah, want or yeah, go and stand yeah. wherever you want to stand. They're giving people that venue to do that outside the ground yeah, and it's absolutely exploded. And I mean, what what are well, your thoughts on what, yeah, what the well lads think, over there uh, are doing? The yeah,
0: I mean, I think boss was the nearest thing to the end has mm. being, uh, and I think th- I think originally the lads who did it wanted it to be. Uh, football and music both Liverpool and Everton and music yeah. but I just don't think it was the right time or, yeah. or you know mm-hmm. those days are gone you know yeah. so it did become you know more Liverpool FC-centric you mm. know? Uh, and with them it's been like the end almost it was like but, but they it hasn't been contrived yeah. it's been, there's been no business plan they haven't gone yeah. and say look this is our strategy you yeah, know yeah, where yeah, you yeah. know other fan groups have done yeah. that you know yeah yeah, yeah. So it's all been organic, and that's the great thing about boss. And you can't, you can't, um, you can't replicate that. It's uh, you've either got it or you haven't, you Mm, know. mm. And that's why they've been successful, I think. You know, and I think people think it's the authentic, genuine, grassroots stuff. You know, when when we did the Kiev stuff in uh, before the match, it was unbelievable. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, I mean, we've seen recently, haven't we? That you know they've started to try and get. younger fans involved you know we've seen boss kids now is being launched and I don't think anyone else was really doing anything to sort of target that demographic where they and get them involved you know in, in that sort of culture
0: no well they can't get in the game can they yeah and well that's no, it in general yeah oh, so yeah. to do that is like it's almost like uh oh, almost like a pressure group as well mm. Mm. to say look these you know these are these are the coming here yeah because they can't experience the match you know? yeah yeah, yeah. It's it's good to
2: have that generation coming through with such strong allegiances to the club, though, isn't it? Because I think demographically... Younger generations are going away from watching football and, and playing football and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. I
1: mean, they've got so much demands on their attention and stuff, haven't they? Now, yeah. the, you know, the internet, YouTube, and all that, and, yeah. and, and, and like, you know, you're actually getting people going to watch people play football games now, aren't you? And yeah, all yeah. that, rather than actually, you know, I, I, I mean, on it, computer rather than actual yeah. internet. I think it
0: helps the Klopp's produced an yeah. absolutely a brilliant team. You know, brilliant, an absolutely yeah. brilliant team. Yeah. One of the best teams I've ever seen. You know? yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, that helps as well. Yeah. It I totally don't mean. think you get this with Roy Hodgson. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you get a nights in Paris with Roy Hodgson. No, no, uh, I, I agree, yeah. You know, yeah. it just wouldn't happen. You know, shit night first, <laughs> first
1: of all he wouldn't be in Paris. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh. But cool. you know But I mean on on it, like you know, you look at how, how successful he's been, you've mentioned there that it's almost like a you know it applies a little bit of a pressure tactic towards the club as to you know, these are all going here rather than the grounds. Mm. Do you think FSG pay attention to that and do you think there's any way that they can get that back into the game now because yeah I
0: think they they, they must know I think they must know that you know they could sell you know they could sell 70,000 on Anfield couldn't they yeah absolutely yeah Yeah. it's just been that we were unfortunate that we were in an area which uh, was surrounded by a park and terraced houses, you know. Yeah, but Sulphur Keys yeah. was just a big empty knot, wasn't it? Sulphur Keys was like railway sidings, yeah, yeah. so they could expand, you know. But yeah, I mean, the main stand, I mean, they've done two brilliant things. I mean, the main stand, which we were all told, we all once, I'd say the SOS were one of the main ones saying that we should stay at Anfield, yeah, mm. uh, back in the day. And we had architects, yeah, who did plans saying it's possible, yeah, you know, i'm not saying that influenced FSG, yeah, because. You Know maybe they looked at the figures and thought it's a lot more expensive to build a new ground, you know. Yeah, but I'm just made up they could build a main stand, yeah. And I feel because it's still got you know our DNA, mm. yeah. i didn't a, move, yeah. It would have been. I mean, it, um, Hicks and Gillette's uh, futuristic bowl looked fantastic, yeah. didn't it? Yeah, bowl? yeah, you just knew it was never getting built, you know. And it was just fantastic, also, that uh, if you remember the um. The David Moore's Paddy Bowl, which looked like the Reebok. Yeah, that was <laughs> that was all the that one. never got yeah. any, That yeah. was an absolute disgrace. You know? Yeah, yeah. My dad actually went to the Werner-Sankster, uh, and I went with him, and there was a few people there with this uh, m- 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 model of this uh, Reebok Bowl. <laughs> that They were advocating, and my dad said to one of the people, the uh, architects or one of the helpers, there, which is the cop? <laughs> and he went... Oh, I don't know, because no. yeah. th- it was a ball, it was like... A, it so out of touch with what... It's like just like, and yeah, it was that's what you design, were dealing with, it? you know. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, so it is great, uh, I mean, hopefully they can do a similar thing to the uh, to the, Anfield the Anfield Road. road you know? yeah. I mean, I think it'd be great, if, what is it now, 54, it'd be great if we could get to 60, 65, yeah. it, you know. I mean, then you'd have to look at, uh, you know... Maybe an doing un- another, uh, another yeah. cop or redesigning the Amphia
1: Rose and maybe the centen- Centenary are uh, obviously the two yeah. that I think they'd look at. I think the, the thing with the cop, they always wanted to be a single tier, I think, don't they? And, yeah, and, and yeah, I agree like with it, that. It's yeah. very difficult to make that much bigger at no. a single tier because yeah, it just yeah. ends up being so sort of like flat. You yeah. know, like uh, yeah, you yeah. just keep going further back, but so I think I think the capacity is there, you know, for them to yeah. to to add that, like maybe another ten.
0: But it's but it's you get that ca- say you did get that capacity doesn't necessarily mean that those kids are going to be able no. to get in. No, it's got to be um, proactive policies from the club. Yeah,
2: yeah. Uh, but then you ask um, the question: do the club even want it? Yeah, like I know you're well, saying, but that's
1: what I'm saying, and that that's why it's like you know that that. That sort of, like, culture and, and that, you know, that, that feeling, that energy that's that's with them sort of, you know, them boss nights and the ki- boss yeah. kids and all that sort of thing is... And you mentioned it before, Peter, that supporters, not consumers. It's like, do they want them? Because they're the type of fan who'll come and just watch the football and sing songs, but they're not going to go to the shop and buy 150 quid's worth of gear. They're not going to go and buy all the food and, and the drink and stuff that the Tourist fans do. Yeah, They'll yeah. come and spend a lot more money. Yeah. So,
0: if you had, uh, I mean, it's all, they, they put it down to health and safety in the club now. You can't allow anyone under 14 uh, to be in the ground without a parent. I think oh, that's yeah. That's what it is, you know. Yeah. All right. Um, so, I don't know, you know. I yeah. don't know. But, you know, years ago, you had the boys penned did yeah, you? Yeah, you had, yeah. You had kids going in the front of the cop, front of the Annie Road, you know. Yeah. So, people could could get in, you know. So yeah. um, um Obviously, times have changed, yeah. but there must be a way around it. Now, you know, they have an adult and child section, but, you know, wouldn't it be great if you had, like, a, a boys' pen God's type pen. thing in yeah. yeah, the yeah, Annie yeah. Road, you know, where the whole section, Yeah. you know, I yeah. don't know how you do well, that, well, but, well, you know, schools, I don't know whether maybe. legally you could do that, you know, but, you know, uh, yeah. I don't know. You
1: know but you it's know. one to <laughs> uh, maybe get the
0: spirit, actually, yeah. have a think well, and, uh, and speak to your mate We've been them, talking to them over the years, unofficially, about getting sections for uh you know younger fans younger yeah. fans, you know. Yeah. No, I don't mean under fourteen, you might be talking about fourteen to eighteen year you olds know, or fourteen yeah. to well, you
2: know, twenty five. Do yeah, yeah. give tickets to schools, don't he? Because one of our mates. he do, yeah. He he, yeah. G- he goes to game and he's got like, I don't know, ten kids with him or something like that, which is yeah. you know, that's something at least.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean it's it's hard because, you know if you if you do something, you know, you're always going to upset someone else. Yeah. Aren't you? Mm. you know, I think um the one thing the club did realize over the years i think it was when 2013-14 when we were going for the league that the yeah. secondary ticket market in liverpool was massive yeah uh, That basically they were going on the internet for like you know 300 pounds yeah 500 pound a pair mm. you know of tickets yeah so they wanted a bit of that that's why they tried to introduce the, uh yeah the the, the tiered pricing yeah. which they have introduced but they tried to introduce it at the higher end, you yeah. know. Mm. Um, so they saw that, so they're c- acutely aware of the yeah. what c- what can go on the black market. Yeah,
1: you know? mm. yeah. Mm. No, really interesting stuff. I mean, I think uh, it's it sort of. I just feel like, the, you know, from my perspective, and I don't know whether you agree, th- it feels like there is an energy around that football f- fan culture again now. You know, like in, in the wider football sense, I think it, it, yeah. it's always been there, but it feels like it, particularly maybe it's it is jigsaw. because we're successful. You know, it's starting mm. to... It's
0: a jigsaw. You needed someone like Boss. You know, it mm. couldn't have happened with other groups. You needed someone like Boss who we regarded as authentic, mm. match uh, going, grassroots. But you'd also needed the fact that there was a feel-good factor with yeah. the fact... With the team, yeah. With the team. So it's a jigsaw, really. It's not just one thing, I don't think. No. As I was saying, you know, you couldn't have those uh, boss experiences in Madrid or KF because, you know, your team wouldn't have been in the yeah, Champions League yeah. yeah. final, you know? Yeah. So it's be- but I think the club made a brave decision in KF to involve boss, you know, because they could have gone to other groups or yeah. they decided to get involved with boss and, you know... Yeah, uh, my fear on that day that you'd get two hundred, three hundred Ukrainian ultras turning up. Yeah, and causing All and dressed trials. in black. Yeah. yeah. And trying to wipe wipe the park out because yeah, you know it would have been an absolute disaster and would have been you know. Mm. But so they took a you know they took, they a, took a risk step. Yeah, yeah. You know yeah. really by, uh, getting involved you know and then Madrid was on a I didn't go to Madrid a different level we'd already yeah organised a festival uh, okay. Uh, six months before for the homeless, yeah, and we couldn't pull out. Yeah, yeah, it. Yeah, you yeah. know, it was like yeah, yeah. it was yeah. just would have been impossible. And I think, uh, my lads went. Yeah, I and mean, he'd never seen us win a cup final. I took yeah. him to Athens when he was a kid. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh right. Uh, and he'd never seen us win a final. Yeah. So I thought, well, I think we've got a good chance of winning this one. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. So it wasn't too bad, you know. Yeah. Uh, we watched the game in Sheffield. Space, you know, the group, oh so yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, So I didn't really miss it I mean, I've been to a lot of the um, the other rounds, I've been to Napoli, you know, I've been to uh, Bayern Munich, so yeah. I wasn't too bothered about the final, really. Yeah, mm. you know, I mean, oh, we were there, weren't we? And we, we saw there, the boss,
2: yeah. you know, the boss thing was incredible, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, it in the square, it was. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I was, the I'm yeah. just trying to make me feel <laughs> <laughs> Of course I would have wanted <laughs> to say here. <be laughs> it was, was low-key I affirming. wasn't bothered about the final. <laughs> well, you know, but what I mean is like that, you know, uh, I've been through a lot of the rounds yeah. and I'd, ex- I'd seen the anything after the Barcelona game. It was yeah. like, you know, Yeah, yeah. T- you know, anything after that fall. And I don't think that game's been given enough credit. No. Really. It was just an incredible uh, dis- you know, dismantling of... One of the best team teams team of the generation decided it was going to be their year. Yeah, Barcelona, yeah. they've yeah. made speeches about it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Messi was saying we were, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. I, I just remember I watched Messi for the last 15 20 minutes. Yeah, yeah. he was a broken he was man. He. Yeah, he was just like, yeah. didn't
2: know yeah, was Barcelona announced on their official club website something like, didn't he? Yeah, it yeah, yeah. yeah, was already won or something.
1: But that, uh, you know, what what makes me laugh is. I I can't understand how any opposition player still underestimates the <laughs> Anfield impact because they all yeah. say it's just another football ground,
0: but it, yeah, yeah. it just
1: isn't. You know, it, it really isn't because I it has a major effect.
0: Uh, on the Sunday uh, with the Bar- Barcelona Catalonian TV, yeah, oh, yeah, and uh, it was good. I went to Anfield with them, and they were yeah. saying, "What do you really think?" And I said, "Well, you know, uh, you you know you got one of the best players in the world, if not the best player in the world. You yeah. know, you with three 0 down." You know, but you're coming to Anfield. Yeah. So I don't think he realised that you're coming to Anfield. Yeah. And I said, nah. he said, well, do you think you can win? I said, well, if I didn't think we could win, I wouldn't, wouldn't say an Yeah, open. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think we can win. My fear was that they'd score, yeah, and then, it's then we'd have to get the yeah, the fire fire that yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, that's why no one believed. Well, yeah. I did, I, everyone outside <laughs> the Liverpool fan base didn't believe because we had it in here. The three Evertonians they wouldn't have it, would they, they were laughing they their heads off. I we said, were
1: we, you know, and they were like, coming back from 3 0 down to yeah, Barcelona. Barcelona. I was like, yeah, you will win that.
2: But and it's
0: also the team he did it with, yeah, because it was like, oh, yeah, is it? Yeah, the Rigi, yeah, yeah, and you'll win and come on. Wasn't even playing, was he? And yeah. uh, he came on the second half like a man possessed. Yeah, yeah. well, he said to me it
1: was angry, anger because he was on the bench, he yeah. wasn't selected to start. Needs to the do game. more of I, <laughs> <know. laughs> yeah. I want to see him unleashed against Manu on Sunday, yeah. to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, um, but
0: you know, absolutely incredible night, you know. So uh, then, when we're in the pub afterwards, and uh, our, our drummer Roy was saying, uh, We've got to go, haven't we? I said, Yeah, but how can we? Yeah, yeah. so g- I said, I'll get in touch with the organizer of the festival, see if we can. Change the date, you know, and I said, oh, you know, it's all been arranged for six months and yeah. it's for the homeless shelter in Sheffield. Yeah. And one of the lads was doing it, was uh, Sheffield United fan, we went all quite well, like. Yeah. And I said, like, what, any chance of... He went, no, no. He said, I, I can put you on earlier because <laughs> we were supposed to be on last headline." Oh, then, you right, so you'd yeah. have missed the game altogether. Yeah, so we put us on... Uh, six o'clock, so yeah. we could watch the match. Oh you know. well. well. Yeah. So we watched it with space in the pub, and uh, anyway, it was good because yeah. we had people around us, you know, the farm, and yeah. a couple of my mates uh, couldn't go or couldn't get a ticket, you know. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it was it was good, you know. Yeah. Possibly. I mean, we obviously missed it, you know, but yeah. But uh, it's one yeah, of on those things, isn't it? Yeah.
1: You know. Well, I mean, like, moving away from, you know, the sort of football <laughs> fan groups and, and, and stuff, obviously, you, you are involved in I- in a lot of other, you know, organisations, you know, outside of football. And one of the ones that I, you know, think would be worth talking about, because I'm not sure it's got quite, like, the sort of coverage or airtime that I think, you know, it, it really warrants, is the Beatles Legacy Group at Liverpool City Council. Yeah. You're the chair, aren't you? And how did that come about, Peter? How did you get involved in, in that? And what's, I, what's the um, aim of the group?
0: The Beatles Legacy Group, it was set up after, um, there was an economic report on the economic impact of tourism in the city, mm. Beatles-related tourism, and that came from the Cavern. The Cavern wanted uh, a study done to see exactly how much money uh, it brought in. Mm. Uh, and they estimated in 2013-14, yep. it was something in the region of £18 million. Pounds, it was worth that. To hotels tourism yeah. uh and if you look at things like the Beatles story and the cavern yeah mm. uh, the Beatles story was after the capital of culture it's just it's just the graph and the 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 lines going up all yeah, the time yeah, you yeah. know so um obviously tourism became much more important so the economic report uh, I was interviewed for it and said well, you know what what you think as a musician and what you know what you think it means to the city I said, well obviously it means a lot because yeah. there's tour guides there's hotels there's people want to see where the Beatles played Yeah, people want to see where the you know where they lived yeah. you know where people just want to see Strawberry Fields they want to see Penny Lane you know so it's yeah. very important I,
2: I live by Penny Lane and it doesn't matter what day it is or what time it is if you drive down Penny Lane which I do frequently yeah, there's about 30 people <laughs> standing out just taking pictures of up themselves. Yeah, 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 it's yeah, nuts. Yeah, yeah. It's, C- it's the flow of like. Well, we're people, we're going insane?
0: back to the end, we used to laugh about. Um, in in, in post industrial Liverpool, with yeah. mass unemployment, we used to have a, like a. There was a character in it, it was a fictitious character yeah. made up of all <laughs> mates that we knew called Joe Wagner, And we said, Joe Mag's manifesto was to turn Liverpool into a tourist destination. <laughs> <laughs> but we thought it would be a tourist destination like Amsterdam would be. Yeah, yeah. Because of uh, uh, uh coffee shops. Yeah. And that type of, that was Joe Wagg's thing. He mm. hadn't envisaged yeah. the Beatles tourism because at the time, you know, uh, there wasn't much Beatles tourism, mm. you know. There was, All right. there was interest, but they tried to set something up uh, in a yellow submarine with Radio Radio City in in just near hanover street yeah yeah just off hanover street and it was like a little beatles museum yeah and it went bust because of uh, lack of lack of visitors yeah you know so it's been a long process but you've got to say that the the cavern uh have been the instigators of a lot of it you know and they've Mm. they've put in the hard yards they put in a lot of work since the 80s you know and they built up this uh international beatles week yeah they also had the Matthew Street vessel. They were behind that originally, you know, when they were saying bars would open. Yeah. And have have uh, bands on playing yeah. mainly Mersey Beat stuff, you um, know? Yeah. Uh, which got so successful that it just became so enormous you it know it was too expensive it, it, to police. They were spending too much yeah. on security and police or whatever yeah.
1: you know it's a real shame because that's something from my like growing yeah. up you know when i used to go yeah. with mom and dad and it was it was massive i used to love it and then it just yeah. stopped it just became it's got to be done indoors now you can't yeah. be on the streets and it was like oh, just took away something that i thought yeah. was, was brilliant
0: yeah. but i think um you know i think the the be- uh, joe anderson wanted to settle the beatles legacy group and uh the only time I'd ever met Joe Anderson was going on Michael Shields demonstrations yeah, like, yeah. because he was heavily involved in that, yeah. you know. Uh, and on the way back from London once, um, we'd all had a few drinks from that after the high court uh, and I sang a couple of Beatles songs and <laughs> yeah. maybe that was in his mind, I don't know, <laughs> yeah, I yeah, have yeah. no idea, but I just got a phone call of uh, Kevin McManus who heads. Uh, Liverpool he's the head of music in Liverpool now Mm -hmm. ex-journalist Yeah. and he rang me up and said uh, is it okay if I give Joe Anderson your number and I said what for (laughs) and he said uh, oh he wants to talk to you something about the Beatles legacy group that he wants to set up Mm. so I said yeah okay no problem but I was in the middle of rehearsal Yeah. uh, and he he rang me and I could hardly hear and he said "Uh, I want you to be the chair of the Beatles legacy group And it was, the signal wasn't great or whatever. I should have arranged to meet him really. Yeah. But I just said, "Out the went, all right, yeah." (laughs) You know, because I thought the Beatles. Yeah. (laughs) yeah. Even though I was a Clash fan. Yeah. And I'd sing in Beatles phony mania a bit in the dust. Yeah. I thought what well, you know what a great thing to be yeah. able to get involved in you know yeah absolutely. and also knew mick i talked to mick jones about the beatles he loves the beatles you know mm. And Strummer loved the beatles it was yeah. a, it was just at the time it was a great lyric you know mm. yeah, yeah yeah what they were trying to say was that's music in that day this is the new music yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, and so uh, i decided to do it you know and it was all it was the head of tourism the head of culture uh, someone from the university who'd been involved in setting up the report, yeah it was everyone who was involved in the industry but wasn't financially involved in the industry mm-hmm. yeah, so the idea was to look at what can happen in the future, you know, yeah, and what uh, the group would like to see happen in the future, yeah, and we put a few reports in we' put a few recommendations in, but there's one thing that's come out of it uh the city council commissioned the report couple of years ago to look at matthew street yeah and um to improve it because i think everyone everyone knows that over the years it's it's gone down the neck hasn't it Mm -hmm. yeah but i think it has improved in the last couple of years because there was a petition the Cavern did a petition i think it was came from the cavern but they got all businesses in the local area to say you know please do something about matthew street Mm -hmm. so it all came out of it and this master plan and it might take you know a few years, to. yeah, but it's trying to get it so when people, locals, and visitors come away going, Oh my god, what an experience that yeah. was! Mm. which I don't think you get now, yeah. You get people going, You might do for the wrong hey, reasons, it's <laughs> yeah. a hen party or <laughs> yeah. stag do yeah. or whatever. Yeah. But I think it's two economies really, it's the daytime economy, and if you walk down Matthew Street now. Know if you go into Cavern Walks, uh, there's not much going on. There's nope. a cafe there, and mm-hmm. cricket's just moved to the Met isn't it? Yeah, mm. I think Vivian Westwood's staying, a few other things are yeah. staying, but it, it doesn't give you a f- feeling of a thriving community. Yeah, no, nope. I, I said to the people who were doing the consultation, you know, it should be like uh, record shops selling vinyl, yeah, mm. you know, it should be guitar, you know, yeah. music shops, you know, yeah, now whether in the track, them I don't know, but yeah. also should be rehearsal rooms. on on the top floors of the warehouse, because it's the warehouse district, really. Yeah, yeah. Most of those warehouses above the bars and all that. Yeah. They're unoccupied. Exactly. So uh, we're not saying get residential stuff in there, because people start complaining about the yeah. noise then, yeah. but get mixed usage, you know. Yeah. Get out a podcast so in there. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's it. Your podcast could yeah. be there, you know. That's you could have rehearsal rooms, you could have studios, you know, but it's all a vision, really, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, our other idea would be to do something with penny lane you yeah know? Mm. so we met the uh owner of um of sergeant peppers on penny lane you know, the terminus yeah which has been oh, delicate yeah. for like 10 years yeah yeah, yeah so we met him so to uh, try and encourage you know that to open up again and yeah to have it as an attraction because i think a lot of the tourists go to penny lane yeah and there's the Penny Lane Development Trust, which does a great job. It's volunteers, and it's got a little shop there. But yeah. I think people are looking for an attraction. It's yeah, yeah, not, not like not a museum there. or yeah. something about, uh, you know, they all met on the 86 bus, didn't they? Yeah. So mm. yeah something which is about their childhood, Yeah, you know, from in that area, you know. and yeah. There have been books written about that, but it'd be great to go to have a, you know, yeah. a, a museum type yeah. facility, like there. a little heritage
1: sort of centre, or, center or something. It, yeah. but you know, right. but yeah.
0: that, you know, it you all just costs money the sign. <laughs> but I think people go there, and you can see Japanese tourists wandering around, thinking, yeah. "Where is the, where is the, uh, yeah. the information?" Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think yeah. It's, that's got to be improved. Yeah. So it's Penny Lane Strawberry Fields. has just had a new centre built, yeah. which is uh, by the Salvation Army. Yeah. Uh, which would encourage people to visit, you know, because yeah. there's a cafe there as well, yeah. Which is nothing to get in, you just go in the cafe, and mm. but it's also important for like a uh, step into work. They're training people, uh, disadvantaged people, yeah, who might not necessarily be employed but they're looking for people to take them on placements, you know, yeah, yeah, they'll train them in there. So it's a great initiative, yeah, exactly. you know. But I, I, my vision would be, I went to um. I went to the Guinness Museum. Oh, that's unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, and, and like, it? Uh, it just blew me away. Yeah. Now, I wasn't going to go to it. I was on a joint stag night, believe it or not. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and it was Danny Nicholson's brother who runs back, boss. Yeah. His brother and someone else, one of my mates, and um, they did a joint stag. So there's about 30 people on it. And uh, my mate, uh, Mono, said, Oh, we're going to the Guinness Museum. I said, oh, I don't fancy it, you know. Yeah and he said why not you know i said oh you know i, I can't expect what it's going to be but it wasn't no. anything i was expecting yeah. no super uh, it's five floors of glorifying the guinness product you know yeah. The yeah. Guin- you know and uh, but on one floor it was like um Kayleigh dancing and music and yeah another floor there was something else you know about irish tradition and that. Yeah. and i thought they've done a museum here about a drink. A pint again. Yeah. We've got the most famous group in the world. Yeah. This it should be something like this. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Uh obviously it costs a hell of a amount of money. But it might be like the main stand. Yeah. It costs a hundred million pounds, but it's made back within five yeah, years. You know, sure. and I've yeah. talked to a few people about it and they all think it's a, a great idea, but it's getting it's like if you've been to the double fantasy uh, exhibition. I don't know if you've no, been to I it, but it, it's at the museum, and it's John and Yoko, and it's all Yoko's gear that was stored in the Dakota buildings in okay. New York, Yeah, it's absolutely brilliant, and it's free, Yeah, yeah. but it'd be something like that, but on five or six stories, yeah. mm. about a Beatles story, you know, yeah. yeah, yeah. now we've already got the Beatles story, but I think that's, the Beatles story is, um, because it's, it's the building, it's, it's it, it can't. It's expand. limited in its, it's, limited in 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 its, in its scope, scope because yeah. it, it can't expand. Yeah. Also, you'd want to get the Beatles involved. Yeah. So mm. you get their archive. So you get like the John and Yoko story. Yeah. And that could be on one floor, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But it's it's you know it's it's Apple. Apple will hold the keys, you know. Mm. Yeah. And you, c- I've never met Apple. Mm. And even though I've been doing this for a couple of years, I it's hard to meet Apple. Yeah. Because yeah. You know, uh You want them to be asking you yeah. to have a meeting because you can't go to Apple and say because <laughs> they must get inundated yeah. with emails all the time. Yeah. I've got this idea. they you know, and, and really you want you want something to be in in uh, um, achievable mm. before you go to Apple with this. I've got this idea. You
2: yeah. know, mm. uh,
0: and look, the archive McCartney must have. Yeah, yeah. Have The archive of Ringo must have. Oh, like George absolutely. Allison. Uh, and it's you know and that's I, I th- the that's i think the vision of the beatles legacy that we could have something which would involve them and um, would be maybe on the waterfront mm. m- maybe a new build i don't know purpose yeah. built i don't know but yeah. would be a guggenheim yeah a world-class tourist attraction yeah which yeah. would put tourism through the roof you know
1: yeah and i think you know when you cited the guinness factory there and how they managed to, to do so much off the back of a brand, a drink brand. And you mentioned there, you know, like the different members of the Beatles have all got their own stories, but even as a band, they were so multifaceted, weren't they? They went through different changes, you know, in such a short time, so there's very distinct chapters, you know, that you could follow in their stories. Just, I buy that. I think it's a brilliant idea. It's a
0: timeline. Now, there's a great addition, the Magical Beatles Museum in Matthew Street, Mm. which is run by Rogue Best, who's a... whose dad was Neil Aspinall, who mm. was the head of Apple, he was the roadie and that, you yeah, know. Yeah. And that's it's got some brilliant memorabilia in there, you know. Mm. And that's on Matthew Street. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so Matthew Street has improved over the years. And the Cavern built uh, a restaurant opposite them yeah. called Festival. Yeah. Which was trying to get rather than that opening up as a new bar, blast out music. Yeah. They wanted to put something which was a bit different in there, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. So that's the Beatles' legacy, and the, this report is all about getting mixed usage. So uh, you go away thinking, "What a great experience that yeah. was!" You know. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Beale Street, the home of the blues, in, you know, in America, um, you know they have now uh, arches and like chain almost almost. Yeah. You've got to pay in five dollars or whatever to go in. You know, uh, I'm yeah. not envisaging that happening in the near future, but. That might be one way of, of so Generate you, you pay you five dollars, but then yeah, you get a token and you can redeem that in a cafe or a bar yeah. or whatever yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. So it's not you know, but it, it means that uh, people who really want to go and see the culture yeah. of the area are going to it you know. So yeah, it's a good idea. But I don't know whether it cut down on numbers. But if you look at you, if you have a guess how many people visit the Guinness Museum, <laughs> you know, per year. I, I mean, I was astonished, you know. <laughs> I don't know millions.
1: Five hundred thousand. I think it was one
0: point seven million. Yeah, you yeah, it's know. unreal. Isn't it? Now, if you look at the Beatles story, they broke. It was a big uh, fanfare about it a, th- a few couple of years ago. They broke the three hundred thousand mark. Yeah, mm-hmm. so it's on a yeah. different scale. As much for the yeah. pint of Guinness. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's it's on a different scale. You know, yeah. mm. but you've got to have plans for that. Yeah, you've got to have plans for that, and I think that would be. Uh, you know, a great legacy for, not only for the city, but yeah. for the members of the group themselves. Yeah. You know? mm.
2: how, how much is it to get in there? It's not cheap. The Guinness factory
1: is not cheap now. I think it's about twenty
0: twenty five quid. Twenty five doll- uh, yeah. 25 quid. 25 dollars. 25 dollars. Well, 25 euros. 25 euros. euros sorry, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 25 euros, but, uh, you get a free of pint. course, <laughs> on our stagnate, we had Mono from the SOS, the oh, fixer. Yeah. Yeah. He, done a, he done a deal. We <laughs> all <laughs> got in for, for uh, 15, I think. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. Uh, but it's, You know, you get a pint of Guinness, you get a pint of Guinness at the uh, on the top, and you have a view of the city. Yeah, yeah, the sky bar, fantastic as well, the sky bar. Yeah. So it really did uh, give me an idea, you know. uh, But the idea, you might have these creative ideas, but it's getting them to the right people, you know. Yeah, Yeah. to bring them to Uh, fruition. Getting it it to the, you know, because I think the city would be interested in that. But with Apple uh, and there's four estates. You know, of course, yeah, mm-hmm. and they, you know, they've all got to agree on
2: something. So and when, when and you're saying Apple, like they own the record labels
1: or something, is it? Well, it was the, it was the, there was, there's Apple Recording, wasn't it? Like yeah. the recording label, and then there's Apple Music. Yeah. You know, like Apple, like yeah. you know, yeah, yeah, computer, yeah. like what we've got here. And I think. Well, Apple,
0: Apple. When I say Apple, I yeah. mean the Beatles. Apple. Yeah. Not. Not Apple. Apple computers. Yeah, Apple yeah. music. I think they Apple. I had to have an out-of-court se- out settlement. For the brand. For the brand. Because oh, yeah, yeah. originally the Apple brand was uh, an Apple, like yeah. O- yeah, yeah. on an Apple computer. Yeah. Uh, but it was a picture of an Apple with oh. a bite out of it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so they said, you took our copyright here. And I think out of co- I think there was a settlement. Yeah, anything. there was all but, uh, of settlement. Uh, then, but, yeah. but when you're dealing with uh, the Beatles, which is Apple okay. uh, recording, yeah. It was set up in the um, in the sixties, I think, late sixties or whatever. Um, it's about the, f- the four estates, mm-hmm. yeah. So it'll be, you know, John Lennon's estate, which is all, you know, yeah. will be Yoko, yeah. Uh, George Harrison, which will be Julia, yeah. Uh, Paul McCartney's still alive and Ringo's and Ringo. still alive, yeah. so they've all got to agree on something. Okay. I think they only meet like a couple of times a yeah. year, yeah, yeah, know. yeah. So uh, you know, it, it's hard to get. You want you want something which is watertight yeah. before you'd even go with them with the proposal, you know. Yeah. But I'm sure you the city council it? and mm. the, I'm sure the mayors, both uh, mayors Steve Rotherman, Johansson would all agree that you know the, the, yeah. the city would be looking to that for the future because yeah. the Beatles are Liverpool's Mozart. Yeah, you absolutely. Know, I'm looking forward to going to Salzburg, you know. Yeah. Uh, I've a book, cause it's like you know, it's yeah. it's a historic city, yeah, mm. uh, and you know the Beatles will be there in a hundred years time, yeah. Mm. So you've got to have something which is, yeah, you know, world class and Well and world class and celebrate them. Yeah, now yeah. the Beatles offer that's that's there. That they're, they're all absolutely brilliant in their own right, but yeah. they're restricted by space and yeah. probably uh, financial reasons. Mm. Yeah. But if you got the Beatles involved, yeah. It's a game changer yeah, right? yeah yeah
1: yeah no i think it's brilliant work that you're doing over there and you know i hope it. i hope you can get something done because yeah well i, I mean, think it's it's definitely something uh, the
0: city well, you'd have to s- it's like the garden festival isn't it? yeah <laughs> yeah someone says oh, the garden festival's brilliant and i always remember uh, john peel doing a documentary on it with kid jensen and said let's come back in 10 years and see if it's here you know yeah and so it depends you can have all these ideas but Unless they're put into fruition, you know. I yeah. mean, who'd have dreamt that the main stand would have been there in 2009? Yeah. Mm. You know, it's yeah. a vision, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It's a vision. They go, you can't build it. You can't build a main stand. It's impossible. Yeah. You know, it's, it's got to be a new ground, you know. Yeah. And people prove them wrong, you know. Yeah. FSG proved them wrong.
1: Yeah. No, I'm it's brilliant. Okay. And I mean, like, obviously, we won't, won't take up too much of your time because, you know, we have been very generous with your time so far today. Um. Just be interesting to know what's next for, basically, for yourself, you know, and, and, and the band and, and other th- any any other things that are going on, you know, like, wh- what's what's next for, for Peter uh,
0: Let's see, I don't know, I'm, I'm um, doing festivals, really. Yeah. yeah. Doing festivals and with the group, and uh, and hopefully I'm talking to people next year about doing a festival in Liverpool as well, you know. Oh, brilliant. Not just a, a farm thing, but... Uh, music, yeah. arts, photography, you know, exhibitions, that type of thing. Mm. Um, and we're going to call that. There's a South by Southwest in America. Yeah. In uh, Austin. We're going to call it North by Northwest, but it's only going to be like, hopefully, we do it next year. Yeah. It's going to be like a taste. And I went to a, a film last night um, uh, called Profile, mm. which is called Screen Life. And I don't know if you've ever seen it, but. Uh, it's basically a Hollywood producer. Well, he, he's from Russia, but the Hollywood producer who did um, uh, Night Watch, you ever mm. remember that? No, no. no. Uh, it was a big film, like. But he, he's gone away. He, the last film he did was he did uh, Abraham Lincoln Vampire oh yeah. Hunter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then he did Ben Hare, which was a multi-million-pound yeah. production. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he was trying to use new technology. In hollywood and he wouldn't let him use it <laughs> because of various reasons you know yeah so we sh- in his last few films he's done all based on gopro and computer screens oh, okay and it's called profile um and it was up ap- i've s- twice i've seen it now It was absolutely brilliant and it's all done um on a computer screen mm. now you think he's ex- trying to explain that but what he's trying to say and it's a new language he said hollywood don't understand it mm. He said it is, uh, he did a, a, a film called Unfriended, cost about a million dollars to produce, yeah. made 75 million or okay. 64, 75 million uh, at the box office. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hollywood can't understand it. he said, because it's a new language, yeah. because kids, and like I'm looking at my phone now, uh, everyone uses the computers all the time, and the and the phones, which are computer screens. Yeah. Yeah. So he said, And it was the the stories about uh, uh, an undercover journalist who tries to infiltrate ISIS as a bride. She pretends that she's a a young girl who's wanting to join Mm. the struggle in Syria by becoming a bride, you know. Mm. So she presents a fake profile and then she starts Skyping someone who contacts her from... is a lad from London who's over in Syria, you know. Yeah. And uh, it's brilliant. It's absolutely. Oh, have have uh, it's out it's out not out, out yet. Oh, isn't it? But um, the the director's called Timo Beckmann Betov. Okay. Uh, I just call him Timo. <laughs> 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 but um, you can find it on on YouTube, and you can look at it. Uh, what his ideas is, but basically saying we spend most of our days on computer screens. Mm kids do as well mm, there's yeah. a new language out there yeah. a new way of making films yeah so hopefully that'll be part of this festival as well okay. and he did a master class yesterday must be in you know 150 people there from from the university yeah. mm. and he showed the film but if you look at his other film with uh, his other his film was called there uh, uh, unfriended and there's another one but th- this is a third film yeah uh, using just computers yeah so basically all the film is done on a computer. Yeah. So when so it's a, it's a it's a GoPro f- uh, or a, or a camera yeah. filming the computer screen. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. I see, so yeah. she's
2: dealing so with uh, So how would you incorporate all this into your festival? Like
0: well, he's going to do master classes oh, and I he's see. doing competitions on yeah. he's saying to people out there go and make me a film yeah based on your camera oh, Okay. on your camera phone yeah, and yeah. and your f- and your mac top yeah, yeah. Your, your your laptop and your your yeah. mac or whatever you know and, yeah. and and so everything that's done and it, it's hard to explain because you yeah. think where's the tension but he, she's dealing with this person yeah. but she's also getting advice off a technical expert from the uh, newspaper she's working for yeah. he's asked me this what do I say yeah, you know yeah, yeah, it's yeah, brilliant yeah. and yep. in the end um you know he's got He's over in Syria, and there's explosions going on, there's mm. fighting going on, so it is dramatic. Yeah, you mm. know, it's hard to explain, but it's called yeah. Profile, and anyone look it up on YouTube, yeah. Yeah. put Timur's name in, just put T- <laughs> T-I-M-U-R, okay, uh, Profile film, and it'll come and up. It'll come up, yeah, yeah, and he'll have a short explanation. No, yeah. brilliant, yeah. Uh, so hopefully we're going to do this during the Beatles Beatles International Week. Yeah. So yeah. we'll have, you know, uh, concerts. Photography exhibitions, yeah. we might even have fashion exhibitions about, uh, um, you know, like um, football fashion from yeah, the 70s yeah. onwards, yeah, yeah. you know, that's everything. Yeah, yeah.
1: Of thing, you yeah. Know. casual yeah. sort of stuff.
0: Maybe the end on, yeah. I don't know. Be yeah. good. <laughs> no, brilliant. So, yeah, I mean, it's basically doing festivals. And the yeah. next one we've got is Shine On in MyNet in yeah. November. Mm. Then I do something with Heaven 17, the British Electric Foundation. Yeah, in Bogner Regis, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just sing a couple of songs with them, and, yeah. and uh, so yeah, it's you know. brilliant such
1: a long yeah, oh, yeah. brilliant. And I'm brilliant. still, good.
0: the Boot Room Boys is, is still out. I'm uh, yeah. being doing a lot of promotion with Simon Hughes as well. Yeah. Q and As with him. Yeah, did one in Waterstones last week. Uh, Q and A, and about two, three hundred people there. Yeah, uh, or sold out like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that book is about th- um, the Thatcher years in Liverpool. Oh, yeah. Okay. And I'd recommend it to anyone who yeah, wants to yeah. learn about yeah. the Thatcher is Mainly political, but there's Heysel and Hillsborough both mentioned, in yeah. it, you know, in, on chapters. Yeah. So it's a really good book. It's about how Liverpool reacted to a Tory government. You know, mm. yeah. no,
1: brilliant. I mean, some really good stuff there, and obviously for the listeners, do check it out. As Peter's mentioned, you know, and it, if you d- if you do like listen back, and you need any more sort of, you know information on any of this sort of stuff just drop us a message and we'll be able to you know point you in the right direction yeah. in terms well, of like I yourself Peter is there any way that any of our listeners can get in touch or you want you know on, hey, on your Twitter or anything I'm like on that on Twitter aren't I yeah hey, what's hey, your hey. handle on Twitter
0: oh my god caught <I'm a real laughs> hey, yeah, you yeah. out there haven't we? I'm <laughs> not as the screen life it's um yeah it's at the farm that's T H E F A R M O one Underscore Peter.
1: Okay, so that's at the farm. Underscore Peter. Yeah. If you want to message Peter on on Twitter. Yeah,
0: and that's me. Tw- me, me, Twitter one. There's also a farm one. Um, if people want to know just information about the band, we don't tend to do uh, current affairs on that, and that is uh, at the farm again. Capital T, capital F, as uh, o- just underscore.
1: Okay, so that's at the farm underscore yeah. for for the band, and at the farm underscore Peter, if you want to contact Peter directly, if you want to yeah. know if there's anything, if you need want to ask him out as, as I some of the stuff that authorised. he's mentioned. <laughs>
0: no, <It's laughs> <ridiculous>. you <laughs> haven't <laughs> got no, a blue tick. I don't answer to do it. <laughs> <laughs> our, our guitarist Keith, who's the Evertonian, yeah. he has been authorised. Yeah. yeah, because he knows how to do it, but I just couldn't be asked. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well you've heard what the official one is so any pretenders out there you know what I mean make sure you go to the right one Peter it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show again for the second part you know got into some really good stuff there I think it's going to be a great listen you know for, for our listeners and, and you know any time that you want to come in and, yeah, and chat to pleasure. us or, or whatever
0: keep up the good work and you know podcasts I love doing podcasts do one for the echo myself I think it's a great way you know of communicating great medium, with people, know, yeah. yeah. just get rid of Brexit cast on BBC One of what it is. Yeah, it's a film (laughs) podcast of Laura Kussenberg and that you know it's absolutely dreadful. is it? (laughs) Over (laughs) and out.
1: Sounds. Right from me and Phil signing off.
0: Thank you.